Just a few film nerds breaking out of the rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're measuring Hello, everyone. Welcome to Measuring Flex. I'm Carl Hartley. And I'm Max Peterson. And we are, this is the second week of our horror movie mm-hmm, classics. Mm-hmm. We started with House on Haunted Hill last week. Um, Delicious piece of cinema. I, yes. So what we're talking about uh, today is 1962's Carnival of Souls, mm. directed by Herc Harvey, starring Candace Hillegloss uh, and Herc Harvey as the man. He's uncredited. Um, and this, the script, the idea is Herc Harvey's, and he directed. The writer is John Clifford. I didn't get a whole lot of other credits, but I did get a whole lot of information. Oh about boy, this. and I got some notes on this flick, dude. So just right off the top, just to get it out there, um, I thought I had I'd seen this movie before. I hadn't. You hadn't seen? No, this, this was a version watch, and this was the. There were two versions on Amazon. Right. There was the uh, the original one that you would see on like any DVD transfer, and then there was a Criterion right. edition. And I was toying with the toying with the idea of me watching the shittier one because, because I knew you watched the Criterion one to did, see yeah. if there was any difference. But as soon as I watched the trailer of the Criterion one, I was like, "Ooh, no! Why would I want to watch anything other than this? Because it was fucking beautiful." I, um, dude, this movie is now in the top t- my top ten favorite like classic horror movies of all. It's time. amazing. It is beyond like I'm getting chills right now. I just am too. Thinking about it, it might be because my house is 101 degrees. Yeah, that too. We both have heat. But strokes. this is the thing, Max. Like a lot of movies like this, it's not perfect. In fact, some of it's really cheesy. There's some real weird audio shit that happens. Some, yeah. but we'll get into some of it. But it's like it's certainly not perfect, and it's really weird in parts. But it is like fucking. Dude, this is a masterpiece, man. I agree. So vis-a-vis the Criterion thing, really quick, yeah. because me and Bird were talking about this a little bit, because she's not on this episode, so I allowed t- us to talk about the film. I had, I have this in a movie pack. That's where I first saw okay, it. Okay, cool. It's like, there's like four movies on a disc. Carnival of Souls was <laughs> one of them. There's two movies on each side, right? That four movies per side, per side yeah. <laughs> for eight total. So you're getting all that bitage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've... I've when you showed up to, uh, I was watching Last Man on Earth. Yeah, it was on that. It's in that same movie pack, so it's like that quality. Because the Prime version of that was super clean. Like I kept looking the over the Prime or the Criterion version of of Last Last Man on Earth. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, your version looked really weird. It's all I just because I just watched it on Prime, right? And it was clean as shit. I like there are but certain I like them grainy and fucked up. Though. Some of them and some of them not. So like Last Man on Earth, I like the grainy because that was a movie it's, I yeah, saw. Cheesy, as, it's a Vincent Price yeah, thing. I, yeah, and I saw it as a kid. So I saw it like eight years old. I saw it on VHS. So it's kind of like this, you know. But then, so I went to watch Carnival of Souls. Um when you know for the show yeah. and i popped in my dvd and i started watching it and then i was like i was like man this is a movie pack version the the audio is kind of shitty the video doesn't look that great so i went on amazon to see if there was another copy i could buy because i love this movie i've yeah. seen like i told you when this i this one is it. in your like you've watched this 40 I've times 40 something. 50 okay. times i've seen i watch carnival of souls several times a year i love this movie but i can see why dude 
So I, I went on smile.amazon.com and I p- typed in Carnival of Souls and it auto-filled Criterion. I was like, is there a Criterion version <laughs> of this? So I, oh, I have the Criterion channel. <laughs> so I popped open the Criterion channel and um, they don't have, the Criterion channel I found does not have everything that Criterion has. They have a big selection, but not always everything. It's like a rotating sort of moratorium thing right. that they do. It's like an, it's like Netflix with a much smaller rotation. They'll, they, every month they drop, I think, 10 titles and put 10 new up. So okay. it's they don't they're not dumping like half their catalog every time. Cuz they still want people to buy Blu-rays. I get it. Yeah, there's the and and everything is cycling through. They're not holding anything back. That's they're cool. just doing it in waves. So I went on there and I typed it in I typed in Carnival of Souls. And lo and behold, it's on the Criterion channel. I'm like, "Well, fucking A, I'll watch the Criterion version." Hell yeah, I've <laughs> never seen that before. I hit play. 15 minutes in, Bird comes in. She goes, "What are you watching?" And I'm like, "Carnival of Souls." And she goes, "No, you're not." Because Bird has seen well, she, it she would have as seen many it. times right, as right. I have. And she's like, this looks like it was shot yesterday. It sure does, it's man. It's so crisp. Like, what? What? I'm like, yeah, this is the bit where she's in the river. She's like, is that what this is? <laughs> it reminded me that I need to upgrade my copy of um, Eraserhead, actually. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah. The, the Criterion car- Eraserhead is very worth my it. My Korean ripped DVD <laughs> is not, it's not cutting it, man. It's <laughs> subtitled in Vietnamese. And you're it like, kinda. I don't understand. <laughs> it's like... Did he order Bon Me? That's so weird. When this when this movie finished playing and the credits are rolling and I'm sitting there stunned in my couch, mm-hmm. Bird comes in, she goes, Was it good? And I turned to her and I said, I have never seen this movie before. Yeah. Honestly, wow. I think The Last Man on Earth is one it's like with uh, the like not the Mac, but like uh Black Caesar. Yeah. You watch that a little grainy, truck turner, a little grainy, perfect. Yeah. Last Man yeah. on Earth, perfect. Yeah. But if you can find the if you can get your hands on the criterion of Carnival of Souls, do it Holy right now. Shit, does that movie look great? You can, it's a renter for two ninety nine, I think, on Amazon, on Amazon Prime. We're not paid to say that. We're not. <laughs> we should be. We should. <laughs> we we keep pushing people towards movies, <laughs> right? But, but uh, Bird pointed at herself and said something I couldn't hear, so now I'm confused. But um, so let's let's dive in at the beginning. I was expecting about a page of notes. I took three pages of notes. Yeah, I've got. I've got just shy of three, it's, but some of them are fun. Like my first note is like, this is the birth of NASCAR and then bloop, bloop, bloop from a bathtub is what the sounds. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what a car that's going in underwater sounds like. You know what? But let's, do you want to do, do you want to do the, in the, the behind the scenes stuff? Cause I sure. watched the special features. Do you want to talk the movie first and then do behind the scenes? Let's do movie first All right. and then behind the scenes. So right off the bat, we get a car at a stoplight. And there's three teenagers, three girls in the one car, mm-hmm. and two guys pull up next to him in another car. And this is the first bad audio. Is the yes. guy leans up? Hey, wanna get up? Hey, do you want to drag race? Mouths like, aren't moving anywhere close uh-uh. to. He's saying something like, "Excuse me, can you help me find the supermarket? Right. I'm looking for a Kmart." Not even <laughs> Not actors. Even close, no. Like they were just filming, and they're like, "We'll just overdub whatever he's actually saying. Don't right. worry about it." The entire first twenty minutes of this movie <laughs> yes. are like that. Kind of. Um, so. What I love is that they're like, hey, you want a drag race? Yeah, vroom, vroom. And the, the chick who's drag... Okay, so our protagonist's name is Mary. Mary is our main character, so that's the... I'm going to use her name. So Mary is... Mary the organist. The organist. Dude, how cool is... Have you ever seen a movie with an organist as the, as, as the job as your, of the protagonist? Nope. And it works so perfectly for this film. So Mary's a passenger. And my first note is, Mary's odd silence during the drag race already puts you in a weird horror headspace it does because she's not engaged with what's happening at all she's Mm -hmm. she's kind of like passively looking out the window just not even really 
It's it's weird. She looks a little like uncomfortable. Which and unco- she's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she doesn't want to be drag racing. That's very clear. Right. But that that actress, her name's Candace Hilliga- Hilligoss. She never worked again. This is no, her only I, film. Look what the fuck. Have you heard the? Her, do you know why? Her a, yeah, her agent, agent dumped her. Her agent saw this movie and was like, "I'm not representing you anymore." And what dropped the it. fuck? Isn't that ridiculous? Is this, that agent should be fired. So Carnival of Souls doesn't fit for for me doesn't fit in like an old horror movie box it's no. like modern psychological this, horror this belongs next to psycho and anything ray bradbury this had 100%. hitchcock and bradbury were like the two names all over like it. constantly stewing in my brain it's almost this. it's it's got the same sensibilities as the machinist dude the machinist kept popping up in my head like early well the the machinist is sort of like a hitchcock homage, well, it's a hitchcock, so it all ties so together, it all ties but, together but, but it's but this is that story though and it's got the like hitchcock can be scary mm-hmm. but the machinist is grotesque this movie to me is grotesque mm-hmm. and also this movie is way smarter than if you go and read reviews for it a lot of people are like this is great and you can find critics who will review this and be like sure. this is a masterwork the writing the editing for a movie shot on a shoestring budget yeah. by a first-time director, thirty thousand dollars or something. Yeah, it's like next to no money. Yeah, uh, even in nineteen sixties, it was like right. making it for the price of a sandwich. Well, like in a second, when the the car goes off the bridge, <laughs> they just drove a car off a bridge, and he got the city sent him a bill to repair the railing to repair the bridge after they smashed through the railing and the bill was for $10 or $12 or something. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I read something like he said, we, we need to use this bridge for this, this race. And he's like, well, you know, if you damage it, we're going to have to charge you for it. But they did. They totally let him drive a car off. They a bridge. let him drive a car off a bridge. And then they're like, well, at eight miles an hour, you're, so. you're on the hook for $12. Like, Can we break it again? <laughs> oh, let's what get. If we, what if we blow it up? What if we, we blow it up? How much? If you blow that bridge up, you're gonna get a bill for three hundred and nine dollars. Dude, we gotta find a way to blow this bridge dynamite. Up. Get dynamite. some dynamite. <laughs> Somebody get me some gas. We're burning this bridge today. We don't even have to use it for this movie. We're losing the light. Burn the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> we got twenty minutes of daylight left. Burn this fucker. Burn this fucker down. <laughs> so. They so they drag race the slowest drag race. Dude, you've ever it's seen. so charming though. It is. I, I love, love it because the camera is looking at the cars coming towards us and down the bridge. Yeah, they're not even they're not overclocking the footage at all. There's mm. no f- trickery. It's, it's just they're literally. It's like my great grandparents driving to Sunday church and like trying ooh, to. <laughs> You think you can squeeze by him? Oh, that's your railing oh, there. Looks like he wants to race, Ethel. Oh, get your get your pedals on the metals. I'm gonna give him two out of eight cylinders. <laughs> right. Try and keep up. We're doing Ooh. eleven. Driving with the parking <laughs> brake on. <laughs> we don't want to get going too quick. Ooh. I hate it when we go over. I don't want to get into double digits. Oh boy. <laughs> We're at nine. Get your seatbelt on, Ethel. I'm, I don't have. We don't I'm have towing the. I'm, I'm redlining ten miles an hour right now. That's literally <laughs> the, what's happening. The drag race is amazing. But then those fucking asshole teens hit their car. Clip them. Yeah. They, they're not just clip them. They're trying to force them. Force them off the off bridge. Off the bridge. Yeah, and you got the lady. She's smoking a cigarette while she's driving the car. Yeah, so you know she's bad. She's yeah. got it she's all. Got she's all driving with up. her palm, and she's. I would almost classify that as sexy as cigarette because it ain't nothing like you drag racing. 
and you, you got fucking smoke. smoking a cigarette. You're not gonna not. You're just a mean bitch, and you're gonna roll these people off this bridge. Look, when you're doing ten, you smoke your hundreds. You got to. I mean, you got time. <laughs> you you got, got time to roll your own. Oh yeah, for sure. She's <laughs> driving with her knees. <laughs> exactly. She's knees up, rolling. Up, she drops some. Ah shit. She looks. Give up. me the can of bugle boy. Here she le- leans down. Can I? Yeah, give me some more. Give me some more. All right, okay. <laughs> She she, she it, hold passes it in the back. Will you lick that for me? Thanks a bunch. My mouth's dry because I'm fe- I'm so scared doing all this drag <laughs> racing. Oh, we're getting it. And then she le- she reaches out the window to get their car lighter. <laughs> lighter <laughs> smoke. Pops their lighter in. <laughs> pops their lighter in for them. So when the car goes off the bridge and like crashes into the river, we get our opening credit sequence. Which, Which is, is actually really cool. Really cool. I, yeah, do you have a note on that too? I do. It's well, the credits are they're in the water and they're waving with the whole. They, they like wave with the water yeah, and then they really solidify. Neat. Yep. And it's kind. Uh, have you ever seen uh, Anatomy of a Murder? Oh, dude, super long time ages ago. ago. Yeah. So you know, okay, the opening credit sequences of Anatomy of a Murder are like kind of jazz piano, and every time you get a like bam boom bam note, names pop up. Yes, yes, yes. It's kind of like that a little, but I loved that the. Especially when we get to the sandbar, but I like that the credits, they don't just wave up out of the water, they wave up out of the water and then they, so there's like a a shot where there's like branches with water coming past Mm -hmm. and the name appears next to the branch, like kind of cockeyed so that it lines up with the branch as though that person's body Body. is Mm -hmm. caught in the brush. So like the credits pop up around objects following their contours like it's debris getting caught in the, the, it's so fucking smart. It's a title card. It's. And it's doing work And, and I fucking love dude, that Dude it's like Barely an indie film From 1962 And you right. right off the bat With just the opening credits You're getting like Cool decisions like that Now that was, Do you think that was The original um, card Or did you, do you think They did some upgrade work On that Well I have the old Post I have the old version mm-hmm. And that's a, still the, it's, it, it looks shitty Because the transfer is bad But it does the same thing Because they do that sometimes with When they do a, Like a remastered version Of something like Psycho They actually will re Redo the title all the sequence. title cards Yeah I don't think so. Okay. I think that this is how the title cards are. Is gotcha. like this, um, or they'll freshen them up, or whatever they do. Well, they they freshened the whole transfer up. I've seen uh, if you go on if you have the Criterion channel or if you have this Criterion, you can see raw footage. Like, oh wow! From like the original prints, they didn't touch them up at all. And you can this see what print is like. so clean. You can see the dandruff on the organ guy's jacket. Dude, I have a I have a note too. You st- so you watched the Criterion? Right? Oh fuck when yeah! When we I did. meet her creepy ass neighbor and he's peeping Tom on mm-hmm. her, you can see her in his eyes. Yep. You can see the reflection her refl- of yes. her in his eyeballs. <gasps> It's unreal how clean they managed to get this. Again, like I hope someday they give us money, but mad shout out to Criterion. They did an amazing yeah. job with this print. I think Candace Hillegloss, Hillegoss is perfect for this role. Yep. She looks I, I wrote down she looks so lost. Okay, so what happens is they they drag they're dragging the river for The river's going too fast, hours. it's too muddy. They're too mu- Yeah, they're like that bad car time of year for a car to be That going car's over. under 20 feet of mud, we'll never yeah. find it. And then all of a sudden, there's a sandbar by the bridge and Mary, played by Candace Hillegas, like staggers up out of the water covered in mud and just soaked to the bone and she just looks dial toned in like totally dial toned she's like zo- like zombie mode she's just shuffling and she looks lost and like she's been cl- it's amazing and i wrote down she looks so lost and dazed and she she's beautiful mm-hmm. but she has a very unique 
look to her. She's that she does. She yeah. doesn't look like a like a um like an Olivia Wilde. She's not she's a not Vivian not that, Lee or a, right. No, she has a very unique look to her. And I wrote down she looks like a David Lynch actress. Yes. Right. Fuck. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like a Laura Dern. Like yes. A, yeah. A hundred percent. And it, I I came to find out later um, watching the Criterion special features. That this movie is constantly cited by David Lynch as a major influence on him becoming a, a filmmaker. You can see it all over 100%. Lynch. That's another note I have in like page two. Lynchian Did Lynch like just drool over this movie for his entire youth? Probably because Pro- it's all over. <laughs> like I did. <laughs> it's all over like Lost Highway. And, yeah. Oh my, oh my God, God. Yeah. And the editing choices are very Mulholland Drive. What, yep. what I should say is Mulholland Drive's editing choices are, are very, very much in, especially like in the dancing bits we get later. Like, yeah. Once we get to the carnival. Yes. It's very lynchy. So when we get, um, there's a great moment where she goes down to the, uh, she, so she's alive. Again, yes. We, so, uh, what we find out is she was she was sucking air out of tires like James Bond. Yeah, I I I spent a couple days since I've seen that's fair this film. But my note is, I mostly what I fell in love with is the editing. They use continuous editing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that there's a book called um Alan Moore's Guide to Writing Comics, and it's it's a technique that he used in a lot of his early comics, and you see it all over this movie, which is they cut. They'll do a quote like a quote unquote match cut where the the next scene visually echoes the last thing of the previous scene that we saw. Mm-hmm. So the first thing, my first note is on this type of editing is when she turns the car key. It's a it's in the dash. It's not in the the it's not on the on the steering column. Right, it's in the, it's dash. In the dash. So when she reaches to turn, whose car is she starting? I, I think she goes back to the bridge and looks down and it's maybe her car because she's in her friend's car when they go off the bridge So maybe yeah, this is her did, vehicle. Did they bring it to her? No, this is later in time. She's dry and everything. Oh she goes back to the bridge. I was confused because I thought she got into into a car on the bridge I'm like whose car is she stealing? Right no, now? she she they they like get her out of there and then we see her Oh, then this is like later on after she's she okay. Revisits, that was really confusing and right. kind of like Boop, new scene now. She revisits okay. the scene of the accident. When she gets back into her car, she when she turns the key, they cut to her hand in the same position pulling out a the, switch on an on organ. The, yeah. It's a that's so that's called a match cut. I'm gonna just keep using that term for the rest of the mo- the episode. It's all over the place. It's constant. Yeah. Then the, the cut out of this scene is also a match cut, but it is also a J cut. We'll talk about that when we get to it. I dig it. The editing on this is so fucking slick, dude. For 1962, it's a it's unbelievable. So that organ pull is such is such a cool thing. But then we also get our first organ, organ. music. Yeah. So the the overhead shot filling the entire frame with pipes. Mm-hmm. Is I've been my sister used to work for the National Cathedral. Okay. And uh, their organ is out of control, fucking huge. So I've been in the presence of like you get to go back behind the scenes sure. and like see all this cool stuff, like opening up the cabinets and crawling in behind stuff. Like it's you get this weird sort of hollow sense. It's like sometimes if you go into a room that's too big, yeah, and it feels a little bit weird that's another thing that's all over this movie is yeah, spaces space, that are too big and it's just like that shot of this organ in this movie yeah. did that it was like that is too much 
It's, it's amazing. It's not the biggest organ I've ever seen. It isn't, but the way that they're it's filling the, the space and the angle. They they're not giving you a, quite a bird's eye. They're not giving no. you quite a level shot either. No, it's you're like angled in canted. and a little tilty. Yeah, that's the eye. The cinem the 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 cinematic eye of this movie. There, one of the things that this movie does exceptionally is it finds an angle that looks great, and then will. Cr- like crank it just a titch so that but it they're looks... not doing that cheap just everything on a Dutch tilt. No, they're there's not doing almost no, that. there's I don't think there's a single Dutch in this. I don't think so. But it's just like if, there's a sweet or two, but there's not. It's a... like if you're gonna shoot, if you're gonna shoot straight down, right? Mm-hmm. You you just rotate it to three quarters, and then like raise it a little too sharp. It's it's um. Remember, we've I think I don't know if we have or not, but there's the Winchester house where a mm-hmm. lot of the angles in the rooms are wrong. Yeah, like and just the, everyone goes bit. crazy. That if you stay in the yeah. room too long, you start to get anxious. Your and brain shit. wants everything to be. The cinematography is is building a house of out of visual images that are all just a titch too sharp or a titch too shallow, and it, it all scrapes your brain. Dude. It does. You start to get really unnerved watching the movie, and even if no one's saying anything or there's nothing scary on the screen. Some it's like a little needle. It, yeah, it's like it's like it's like putting the Q-tip just a little too far. <laughs> so back to the back to the organ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Holy shit! Look at that pipe organ. No, my my nose. Holy fucking pipes. <laughs> Marry the organist. This I'm gonna keep saying organist. Or, say it all. You <laughs> say organist for the rest of the episode. I, I, this is a score that I would love to own. Me too. That just the yep. organ music, and later on they're gonna do some really cool subtle stuff where the it'll be church organs, and then in the church music, one Sacrilege. note is off. One note yes. is off, and it's not. It's not big. It's not like she's like, and Jesus loves you. Burr! It's not no, that. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but no, it'll be like a little minor thrown in there or a little half step or yep. a little like, yep. it's, ooh. She'll be, and then it'll, it, it, it morphs it into. And yeah. and My favorite moment with the organ is later in the film. Uh, she's playing. It's it's the sacrilege bit. Noodly fingers? Wolf. <laughs> I love the miming. Got me all fucked up, dude. It was insanely good. Let's let's hold on. No, let's jump to it. All right, we're we're jumping. We're talking about organing. We're jumping, and I'm okay with it. Okay, so while we're on the organ, when she yeah, here we go. So I love my note is later on Mary Mary leaves the town where she uh, got in this horrible Mm -hmm. accident. She leaves the town and goes to another town to be a church organist in like a small town Mm -hmm. somewhere in the south. We're not exactly sure where, although I do have the exact location of where that creepy carnival actually is. That is a real place. It was just there abandoned. He went and shot there with no um, with no permits. He just found That's it in the insane. desert. Yeah, the whole the whole thing came from he and a friend were driving down a highway. Herc, the guy who uh, directed it, were driving down the highway, and he looked into the desert and saw a fucking carnival just abandoned. Huge, huge carnival. I mean, airplane this, hangar this, size. Yeah, several. <laughs> so, when she's there's later in the movie after a after a bunch of fucked up stuff has started happening, she's practicing in the church late at night playing organ music. After like, all the men have stopped mansplaining to her how to play a fucking organ. Right. The girl who is a church organist went right. to school for it and they're mm-hmm. like, well here, now these are called you, pedals. And you're gonna want to put your fingers on the white keys sometimes and the black keys alternately. Yep, but not at the same time. And you gotta make sure when you play, you gotta be playing with your soul. They and, keep telling her again and again yeah. to play with her soul, but that's important. Yeah, it is. It, uh... 
we're gonna have to just spoilers it if we're gonna try and analyze this. Uh, yeah. So let's do it. Mega spoilers. If you haven't seen Carnival of Souls, you have three you seconds. A, yeah, give you a three second count. Three, two, one. She's a ghost. Mary died in the car accident. Yeah. So, but but people interact with her. So she's phasing though, which is crazy. It's because no, oh she can't God. her 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 ghost form can't hold on to the the way that they do this. It's amazing, dude. It is. But and let's soon, stick with this, the organ. Yeah, this, the organ and her. Right. So it. stuff has started happening. Really creepy stuff that we'll go back and mm-hmm. get into. But she is pl- she's playing this church organ, this beautiful church organ, and she's playing hymns. You know, and it's it's like you'd expect. It sounds yep, very like very hymny. Ca- very hymny. And then what happens is is this is where she starts to trance out, and she does like a slightly disturbed stare better than any yeah. actor or actress I've ever seen. I thought for a hot section section a hot. Second, that she was going to force a nosebleed or something like it's, she was that. It's insane. She looks so out of her. Like she, it's it's like all of her consciousness has left her mm-hmm. body. It's crazy how blank she looks. Mm-hmm. Best eye acting nomination for sure. I mean, it's I have un- a couple nominations for her it's for great, sure. So yeah. Man. So best hand acting. That I mean, yep, that's <laughs> clearly. <laughs> so she's playing this hymn, and then all of a sudden you start getting like you were talking about those minors and those half step downs, those those weird just flatted off fits. Key, but it's bit. not a bunch. It's just every. It's not like she's laying her whole forearm down on eighteen keys at once. Right? No, no, no. It's like it's like a cat walking on a keyboard. It's not right. that. It's like it's like she's laying on the beach in this. It's like you're laying on the beach in the sand listening to this music, and then you become aware that there's a sharp rock. Under you that you didn't notice before, or something maybe crawls over your foot, but you're not sure if it was a leaf or a bug. And when you look, there's nothing there. Right. Exactly. exactly. It's so subtle. It's whoever did the score is an exceptional organist. So the next thing that happens is she keeps playing the hymn. She's playing organ hymn, and it does. The notes don't change. The rhythm changes to a carnival oompa. Mm-hmm. So it's, it becomes a, a calliope. Yeah, well, the the pipes tone changes <laughs> yeah, to Calliope, and it gets awesome. But she's so she's playing like God is great and God is good and da 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 da, and it's it's such a slow. Once it goes nuts, oh my god! Once it goes full crazy, it's un. Your brain breaks. It's th- and by the way, before I keep adding instruments that I need to bring to Suede Rainbow. <laughs> Fuck! Now I need a church organ and a calliope. You need a, you need a calliope and a church organ. So, listeners, we have a new stretch goal on Patreon: one million dollars. <laughs> um, so that'll get you a couple of tubes. Yeah, yeah you'll get two. You get two pipes. <laughs> One pedal. One pedal and one pulley-outy thingy. One pulley-outy thing. One million dollars. <laughs> um, when she's doing the like, the like, and she's the whole, and she never looks manic. She just looks totally tranced yep. out. Um, I wrote down her her hand miming. Now, what do you think of this idea? Because when when you look at her hands, her hands are very obviously not playing what we're hearing. Right. But but. Is that because maybe what we're hearing isn't what she's playing? I had that thought. That there's so much disconnect happening that what because the priest's reaction is so over the top, I'm like, what she was playing wasn't that bad. Yeah. I'm like, wait, what, what if it was? What was she really what if she was really playing just like because if you look at her hands, they're just flying. They're, yeah, they're noodling all over the place. But this is a thought too, because she isn't out of phase with the real world anyways right and we we are too and this happens several times where 
Um, the organ that we're hearing is sometimes part of the soundtrack and is sometimes her playing, and sometimes those two things get confused. Together, yeah. Confused and fused. Because I- <laughs> I'm like, what am I hearing right now? Am I hearing score or am I hearing what she's playing? So I think it's totally fair to assume that what we are hearing is not what she's playing because that priest is fucking... He's so fucking She gets fired. Yeah. Whatever she's playing is so disturbing and so fucked up. I imagine... He's like, get out of here, Lucifer. Yeah. <laughs> he's you, like... He's, you, uh, you're a witch. Well, I don't know. He screams at her. He says, sacrilege. Yeah. And he puts his hands over her hands so she must physically stop whatever she's doing. That's how much it's messing him up. It is what we're hearing is pretty squirrely. Uh, I wrote down for her for her miming. I called it interpretive madness. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's oh, it's so good. Her and then intercut with that is the uh, the her her manic. We get super close ups of her eyes. We get the dancers. This is where we get the dancers. Yeah. So let me let me make a note to come back to the dancers and let's go back. Because we haven't even been introduced to the carnival yet, but the, the overclocked footage of the dancers gave me nightmares. Yep, I had I had I had a bad dream last night about one of the things we should black s- and white dancers in overclocked. Scary as shit, dude. Makeup, like the makeup the is fuck? so good. <laughs> so we should oh say. God. So let me ask you. Mm-hmm. This is 1962. We're calling it a classic horror. A lot of those you sit down, they're really fun with. Co- I think this movie is genuinely frightening. I think yep. it's scary. This there's, is a scary there's, movie. I, I walked away and it took me a day. I mean, it stuck with me for the whole rest of the day. It's creepy. It's creepy. Because feel... I watched it in the morning. Mm-hmm. I took it with me to work. <laughs> took it with me home afterwards and then had bad dreams. Yeah, it's it wedges into your brain. It's, it's not like watching... Like some campy 1960s. No, it's not. Like, I mean, look, I think Frankenstein has genuinely frightening moments. So do I, yeah. But Frankenstein doesn't give me nightmares. No. This movie gives me nightmares yeah. sometimes when I watch it. It's the faces, man. It's the faces and the dancing and it's the, a, it's the a organ music. The it's psych- a constant little weird This for, for all that this movie has to do with ghosts and the undead, this movie for me is purely psychological horror yep. at its almost at its high point. Yeah, we we've said it already. This is Lynch. This is Bradbury. This is all of that. It's, it's Alan Moore. It's Alan Moore. Yeah, I, I'm currently reading through Swamp Thing, so that's what I got on the brain. But it's that it's that it's that Henry this came James before all. Yeah. Well, not Bradbury, but no, it's uh, around the same time for mm-hmm. some of his horror stuff. But this is like this is that Henry James. Like something is just a little bit yeah. wrong, and no one's gonna talk about it until it's way too late to do anything about it. So let's. Jump back when she goes and she like is playing the organ and everyone's watching. Uh, before she's practicing, she's still in the town where the car went in the water. Before she leaves, yes, she's in a shop that manufactures organs and she's testing out the organ that she's going to be playing in this other town. Right. And the guys, the guys are all there talking to her like you, you play so beautifully, blah blah blah. There's a guy there who's cutting a piece of wood. Okay, so they're like, well, do come back and visit sometime. And she turns back and looks at the the foreman and she's like, I'm never coming back to this town. And then she leaves and we cut back to a guy. He's got a board and he's running it through a table saw. So we hear that like, and he pushes the board. And the moment before the board touches the saw, we cut to the bridge that she went over in a car and the car is rolling towards us on a bridge and this bridge has two raised boards with a groove in the middle exactly like a table saw oh my god so 
what my brain does, I'm, I don't know if yours did as well, but what my brain does is you expect the car yeah. to be sawed yep. in half. Yeah, because it's is, so perfectly... It the, the cut is razor perfect. It's like the second that board is going to touch, boom, you get a car rolling towards you on something that looks, that like, looks a like a table saw. saw. <laughs> so you can almost see the fucking saw like, going it's through the car. It's still there. You can still hear it. The other am- the other amazing thing about and it, they cut on motion too, which is tricky. So one of my favorite things about that um, that table saw cut in the car being cut in half is the duality of Mary. She's in two worlds. Yeah, there's so much more <laughs> than just like and she's a ghost. Ooh, no. no, this movie is like r- pushing really deep primal buttons in you. <sighs> we'll get to it. But this, yeah, this, I'll say it because we're talking about small touches. Like yeah. the fact that whenever, because she phases out a couple of times, in mm-hmm. both times, the first thing that she hears is a bird chirping. That's what brings her back. Yeah, it's a bird. When she phases, so what? The first thing that happens when she phases out, which to me, this is always the part of the movie that I remember being most frightened by as a child, is all of the sound goes away. Yeah, like in everything. It, when you next time you watch a movie, listener. Pay attention to how often there's score just filling boring parts. Or background noise, cash Back- registers, people murmuring, chitter-chatter. Room noise, mm-hmm. all that stuff. They cut even the room noise. You don't hear it. She's walking through cities and you don't hear anything but her own her footsteps. Feet. It's the, Honestly, the silence is the, some of mm-hmm. the scariest part. There's no ghouls around. She's just walking through a city and there's no sound. It's horrifying. Yes, and it then is. the birds bring her back. Yeah, I love that it's birds... I've, Do you know when Psycho mm, came out? I was curious about this and I didn't I look, look it up. up. It's 1960 something. Look it up really quick because this is 62. And when she's leaving town, she's driving through the night. And even Bird commented on this. She said, "This looks like it looks very much like the shot, the, the Psycho shot, yep. where, she's driving, where she's driving to the to the hotel. Or what's it called? The Bates Motel. Bates Motel. Yeah. When she's when she's driving towards the Bates Motel, then she looks up and we get our first glimpse of the character's name is the man. So Psycho is 1960. So two years before this. Okay, so it's very possible that those shots were directly inspired and by the Janet psycho Lee. driving. Oh my god! Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. So we see our first. That's the ghoul guy. I'm just gonna. So he's called the man. He's played by the director, Herc Harvey, and the makeup. This is so fucking creepy, dude. It everything about him. The fact that he appears outside the car. Well, first he appears in. In the the window, in the passenger side window. Yeah. So this is a fucked up thing. My note is great. Now I have another place in my car to be afraid of at night when I'm driving. You're always scared of the back seat. I'm always afraid of the back seat. Always, 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 always peeping the rear view and shit. Mm-hmm. Especially after Hereditary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But now I gotta worry about the goddamn passenger seat when Out- I'm driving at night. Outside the passenger outside seat. out. Side. That is the yeah. scariest part. Is she yes. is clipping along, driving her awesome car. Ow! She's like, <laughs> she's driving this killer car, and she looks to her right where you'd normally see your own reflection, and it's her Harvey's face painted sheet white with dark black eyeliner around his eyes, like gaping sockets in his head, and he's outside the car grinning at her. She lo- She screams, looks again, and he's gone. And then when she looks forward to look at the road, he's standing in the road in front of her. It's brilliant. It's fucking so good, Carl. It's yep. so good. So this frightened me almost as much as the there. There's one other driving scene in a movie that we talked about in season one, in the Mouth of Madness. Yeah, that driving scene freaks me the fuck so out. Awesome. This one is now like that lives in that 
in that sort of the, yeah in, in that world of it's, awesome. it's a lot more subtle but it is very it's the it's same very type spooky of thing. like fuck now i can't driving alone i'm just not gonna night. drive at night alone <laughs> or with, again i can't drive with anyone either because no, of twilight what, zone the movie well that's what also happened and dan Aykroyd turns it you want to see something really scary like right. go find yourself I well can't. she's in the car in uh i mean at the mouth in the mouth of madness that's right she's in the she's car she's just asleep yeah and he's driving he's like should i wake her up because i'm pretty sure that that boy just turned into a 120 year old man <laughs> yeah yeah. Oh, this is horrible. And the road disappeared, so there's that. I'm driving the sky. <laughs> That's a great movie, man. Um, oh, but so yeah. she pulls I'm into just a... I'm not going to drive at night anymore. I might just not drive anymore. <laughs> I, you know, it's better to walk. Ride a bike. Public transport. Absolutely. Get it, unless you have a Tesla, don't drive. Save the environment. Save. That's my excuse. Is I'm like, uh, gas is bad, Jeez, but really I'm just scared that her car is... <laughs> Man, I'm also just terrified her Garvey's gonna. Be <sighs> yeah, I'm, yeah. So God she's scared and she's rattled and she's like, "Okay, I'm gonna pull into this gas station. I'm gonna fill up. I'm gonna shake it off, baby. Get a cup of coffee. Yep. From, I'm gonna go get one of those shitty okay. cappuccinos. <laughs> you know, the machine cappuccinos that's like half water and yep. burns your mouth. It's disgusting. You get like six inches of sugar in a five inch cup. It's <laughs> 40, 40,000 grams of sugar. Forty five thousand calories. Oh, do you know how much biofilm is inside of those things too? Like you're just you're drinking bacteria essentially. Yeah. It's yeah. Gross. Well, that's why it's so hot, Carl. Yeah, the kill, you the kill all of it. If we don't get it to seven hundred degrees, these. You know. <laughs> Fuck. So she pulls up to the gas station and she pops a monster, and you're good to go. She, well, yeah, she basically does. She's like, first of all, fill it up. Also, do you have any Red Bull? <laughs> Seriously, I need a tall can. I'm seeing stuff. I need, I need an oil can of Red Bull right now. <laughs> He's like, we don't have Red Bull, but we got this Coca Cola, and it's 1964, so this is full of Coke. <laughs> it actually has cocaine. In it's it. they. Co- <laughs> you drink it with your nose. Sneef a cola. We like. <laughs> Quick, why don't you just do a line of this here Coca-Cola? <laughs> Me and the boys have been, uh, we, we, what we do is we put it in a bucket and we run it. We run a blowtorch on it till it all evaporates. And if you snort what's left, it's even better than Coca-Cola. I died four days ago. <laughs> My heart isn't beating anymore, but somehow I'm still going. So the gas, she asked the gas station man. <laughs> hanging out with a guard from Halloween too. <laughs> I dude, I already, I did some heavy editing. Don't bring the joke back. Oh no, <laughs> no, that wasn't too bad. I, I got them all, but uh, so the she asks like, hey, can, oh, right. can you direct me to the boarding house? My joke was the worst. I was like, yeah. I don't <laughs> don't, know if you why need... are you gonna bring it up here? Because <laughs> it's funny. It's funny as shit. Are right, you right? Okay. So <laughs> she's like, where's the this boarding house? I'm looking for this boarding house. Get ready for editing genius. Yeah. He goes, oh, it's right over there. And as he moves his arm to point, the camera follows his finger and we pan away from him into the night, which is pure black. So now we have a black screen and we think we're outside in the open desert in the night. Turns to black and a door opens yeah, in the they, night. Yeah. Because it's pure black, we've cut to an all-black room and now she's opening the door, but it looks like someone just opened the night up. Yeah, it's insane. It's Dude, it's such an awesome cut. You're like, how yeah, is there a door? I? Why is there... Oh, she's in the boarding the house. The fact that things like that are constantly happening is another reason why this movie works so well. It's constantly keeping you like uneasy yeah. and unsure of where you are. You shouldn't be able to just open the night that's like also a door. How, that's you're kind of seeing the world through her eyes. If she's a ghost that's phasing, there might be a weird... Maybe there's a gap and suddenly gap she's there. in consciousness, right? Right. Now, I have other notes that are about to happen because we're about to meet the most hilarious... Ajax, the... <laughs> 
I call her Ajax. You call her, oh, let's just call her Ajax then, because I don't know what her name is. It's probably like Mrs. Doring or something. Probably. Yeah. The, the nicest slash nosiest. Nicest, nosiest, and also, is she a fucking weirdo? She's oh, very odd. Everyone in the house. Everyone in Take the as many baths weird. as you want to. Here's I don't... why that's important. You ready? No, yeah. sorry. Go ahead. Finish the oh, line. I, I, I felt very clever, and I jumped on you in my cleverness. No, that's okay. I'm um, sorry. <laughs> She's not was she's not one to fuss about such things. Right. She shows up and she's like, "It's just you and me and Mr. Creepy Rapo guy." Oh, I call what well, Jimmy Jack the, the alcoholic. Jack the creeper. Jack what, the creeper. I called yeah. him Jimmy the alcoholic yeah. in my notes. So, we'll go with Jack. So, yeah, j- j- creepy Mr. Creepy Jack, you and me and that's it. And now it's not a boarding house, but I can make you some sandwiches if you want and mm-hmm. take as many baths as you like. I'm not one to make much of a fuss about that. So, she f- went off a bridge into a river. Mm-hmm. All later on in the movie, we're gonna see a bunch of undead people coming out of out the of water. Waters. Out of the water, everyone's always oh, coming. So delicious, dude! Oh my god! The best part about them all coming out of the water is the carnival is in a desert, and there's, and there's no, no water. water in sight. Where are they coming out of? They're coming out of the river. Yeah. After her. Oh, so man. the other important so thing about good. water is we you're, you've seen Constantine. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a bit in Constant. I'm I'm referencing Constantine rather than an old obscure esoteric book because people are more likely My, to like be a, yeah, familiar. With, but there's a bit in Constantine where he goes to hell and he gets a big bucket of water and puts his feet in it. And she goes, "What's with the water?" And he goes, "Water." And later on, when he sends her to hell, he submerges her in a tub. And he says, "Water's good. It's a transitory medium because yep. water can exist as liquid, solid, and gas. It can move between states. It's yep. a good way to travel in an occult sense. Water is all over this movie, tied to Mary. Mary is either in water all the time, dealing with water, um, or seeing things come out of water after her. Yes, this is not just like a slapped together horror movie. This not is, at all. No, man. There's a reason that Criterion took this weird little." Well, that's just it. If you ever are questioning whether or not this movie, I mean, we hold Criterion to a pretty high. St- I mean, Criterion holds themselves to an well, amazing standard. Well, that's why we hold them in very high regard. We, regard, right? You, you look whether you get the movies or not, whether whether they're to your taste. It's very. I don't think I've ever done it. But Armageddon is a Criterion. Okay, every it's very rare that you pop in a Criterion movie and it's not at least stunningly well made. Which are well, actually, because Armageddon was one of the first movies to have that kind of spectacle. That right. But anyway, I, I can see that Armageddon is an important movie, but yeah, right. like the fact that Criterion did this film show it, says something. Yeah, and it honestly, really does. In a weird way, I think that's why I started watching for this stuff, as I knew I was watching a Criterion movie, and I'm like, why would they think? Because I I grew up on this movie, and until my last watching of it. Well, first of all, I was seeing it in like a 100p, you know, like the worst right. transfer ever. 180i. Some scenes are upside down, yeah. you know, it's just like, holy shit. Completely washed out. <laughs> a couple frames from something else. Yeah, they're pop just up. cutting other bits of stuff in, you know. But maybe it was partly watching a good version of it. I started mm-hmm. to see stuff, but also it was, I knew that that other people some reason. thought that right. it was as good as I thought it was. And I started seeing stuff like this. So when she... Uh, you know, Ajax leaves. She's like, "Well, you have fun. Bye." Mary looks out the window. There he is again. The wi- now there's a, it, again, but it's the the thing I noticed about this scene because I watched it twice to make sure I saw it right. The editing, 
they went frame by frame by frame until they found the last frame they gave a shit about, and then they trimmed it right there because she looks out the, her second story window. Mm-hmm. That's important. <laughs> Not a first story. She looks out her second right. story window, and the window's open, and the curtains are flapping, and the man in his makeup is standing outside her second story window, and he just looks in at her. He he never grabs never her. Approaches, never approaches. Never reaches stands ex- in, in, until the, the very end. end. Yeah. But he, he's just looking at her, and he is, always looks very happy. He's got that smile. There's something so wrong about him. The face is wrong, because it's not a happy face. It's not a, it's not a grim, it's not a evil face you, either. It's such a weird... If you painted his hair green, be kind of he'd jokery. be the Joker. Yeah. It's, it's, there's something very wrong about yes. him. So what, well, here's where they cut. It's so fucking genius. So the light is shining. He's backlit, so the curtains are... Are, they're kind of like a gossamer material, but when they hit, when the light hits them just right, they go opaque. The curtains flap across his face, catch the light, so he's obscured. We, and that's where we cut. And when we look back, he's gone. Yeah. So he literally, they they cut on the moment when he vanishes, and it could all be a trick of the light or a trick of her mind or whatever. So she goes over to look into the to look outside. And in the glass, because of the way that the mm-hmm. glass is, it might be bent slightly. It splits her face into two faces that overlap I in the middle. Even fucking. Did you ca- nope. watch it again, was, man? God damn it! Come on, watch it. Oh, a, I'm, I'm gonna be watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is gonna be. A, this is a Halloween. Yes. This is an October movie for yearly sure. now. This is gonna be added to the so collection. So when she goes over to look for the man, as she gets closer to the mir- to the glass, the window glass, her face splits in half. God, and it blends so in the many middle. hints man fucking i know right like you keep seeing it and you're like every it's every there. time i caught something i'm like that's so amazing <laughs> just vibrating on my oh couch my with God. oh dude i'm so amazing i'm so she goes just to keep us i know we have a lot of notes so i'm no, trying to totally keep cool. forward momentum yeah so she now she she's settled in and she goes to the church this is where she meets by the way the even though the minister is kind of shitty to her later well all very the, nice to her so i this movie also made me understand where the whole um men are assholes thing comes from because <laughs> every single man that she is in, like the priest is kind of like oh what will the ladies think if we don't introduce you to everyone He's, and like yeah it's it's very it shows you that his, 1960s thing though the movie is pretty progressive because mm-hmm. mary it, when you watch the movie because you fall into the cadences of that time right where you know you're like well yeah why don't you want to meet all the old ladies but you realize really that what you what when I watch the movie, I translate Mary sometimes as kind of like a cold bitch. Yeah. Because you're like, wow, you're pretty rude. Like, that guy was just trying. She's very cold. But and, there's, yeah, she's but in too. a weird straw dogsy kind of way, later on when Jimmy the Creep is like, boy, you sure are a cold fish. You're like, oh, I was thinking that earlier. Right. But when he says it, it makes me realize that she doesn't owe him shit. Nothing. Zero, she right? She owes no one anything. And, and you get fucking... You, yeah, you yeah. feel shitty. But that's part of the genius of this movie. And I think that that part of this movie is modern. Okay. I don't think that was there when this was made. I think now in 2019... Looking back... Right, okay. That's what you're saying. Yeah, and that, you know, because... You're right. The, We're lending our 2019 sensibilities. That to minister her, right? is so condescending to her, and he's so every fucking word out of not his mouth. Condescending, pa- patronizing. It's patronizing is what he's it is. Very patronizing. He's just like, well, you know, like, don't you have, 
You know, you play so beautifully, but you, you know, you, you play in a way that can move the soul, but you don't, you don't have any interest in church. Well, we've got it. And it's like, back off, bro. Yeah. She, you hired you hire her me to, to be a fucking, yeah. She's doing her job well. Don't try and convert her and don't talk down to her like that. What the hell's wrong with you? Jimmy the creep does, well, we'll get to Jimmy we'll the get fucking to Jimmy. creep, yeah. man. He's awful, but you're right. All of the men in this movie patronize her, treat her like, an, like a child. They mansplain shit to her. Constantly, yeah. yeah. And she can occasionally come off as kind of bitchy, but that's only in the context of these other people. You you you're like well why don't you just follow her, their advice she doesn't have to no she has her own agency in the psychologist not psychologist that we meet later. I love that line dude because yeah. that that line to me is <laughs> I'm the... not even a psychologist like what the fuck are you talking to her about shit for <laughs> that's, that's then that's one of my f- it's because you're a man you fucking it's piece so of shit. it's like, so goofy so... it's because he's a doctor but you're right it's a he's, doctor of what we don't he's like know like a 1950s n- doctor right oh my it, god you know what it feels like remember like see, the first three seasons of Mad Men. Yeah, it's like the first three seasons. Oh of no, Mad absolutely, Men, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where, where, like, uh, I can't remember her name, but uh, the one from Handmaid's Tale. No, uh, when Don Draper's wife goes to the, oh. goes to the shrink, and then the shrink calls Don Draper, and he's like, "Yeah, here's what me and your wife talked about today." You're like, <laughs> "What are you oh, doing?" Right. <laughs> it's very like a lot of this movie feels like that of yeah. that time. So she goes to the church for the <laughs> Not first even time. A psychiatrist, Jesus Christ. <laughs> So when when she's playing for the first time, uh, I mean I, maybe it comes later. I don't have the note, but um, she's she's playing for the first time, and we start to get that shift from from organ music because she he's like she's like I'd like to try it out, and he goes I was I was going to insist that you did, and he goes out to the garden and she plays, and everyone's like oh yeah, everyone on the grounds is like wow I've she, never heard such beautiful organing right <laughs> organing <laughs> organing. While she's playing, the man walks into the church in broad daylight. The man being this creepy the ghoul guy. Thing. He just comes into the church, and he doesn't go over to her. So we know nope. he's not a hallucination, because she never sees him. He's just there. It's so fucking creepy, dude. Yeah, and it's like it's like noon. Yeah. It's like 1 o'clock in the afternoon, broad, broad daylight. daylight. It's very hereditary. It doesn't go all creepy, gloomy. Oh, suddenly there's lightning and thunder. Like no, it's Mm-mm. just a beautiful, pleasant Sunny, day. Beautiful. He walks into the to the church, and here's more editing genius, by the way. He walks into the church, and he's got um, very black eye makeup around his eyes. If you look up Carnival of Souls, you'll see the makeup immediately. Yeah. So just Google it. Um, and he's in like a suit, like you'd be buried in. And he walks in broad daylight, and sh- the next thing we we hear the organ get a little dissonant, and then it stops. And we're like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And the priest or the minister comes in to find out what's going on. And she's standing in front of a stained glass window. <sighs> she's at one of the stations. Yeah. Right. And there's <sighs> like, it's like a stained glass image of one of the apostles, like looking up to heaven. But when she looks at it, the eyes are completely black. And then later it's because of the way that the film is shot. It's unclear whether or not the eyes are actually black or not. It's so creepy, dude. It's Did you so happen to spooky. write which one of the, um, what was written on the bottom of the mosaic? In one of my notes, I do have it. It's not this one, but because we do see this again later on. But uh, I think it's like uh, only the, like the devil, cast out devil. Oh, it's, yeah, that's what it is later when she's. Cast out devils. Yes, right, yeah. that's the one. So underneath the guy with the black eyes looking up at the sky, underneath it in like Latin at script is cast out devils. That's Amazing. the name of that that piece of stained glass (laughs) oh man it's so scary so 
what we we didn't mention it, but what triggers her her seeing the man for the first time is she as she's driving through the night, she sees this abandoned carnival out in the middle of nowhere Way in the out desert. In the middle of the desert, this this shape because we don't know this occurrence. It almost looks like a huge, like an old, like a church or some sort of because it was a bathhouse first, right? It was originally. They explain its history. Y- uh, like it was a it was a, a dance hall. No, it was it's a bathhouse. Bath then, then it becomes a dance, a dance hall, hall, and then, then it becomes a carnival. a carnival. Yeah. So it was originally designed as like a Turkish bathhouse. Well, the, and it has that all like, of those, air, very Arabic architecture. Yes. So the place is actually called Saltair. Um, oh, the actual name of the location of the location. Okay. Yeah, I I didn't look up where that came from. It feels otherworldly though, especially you're seeing this huge structure out in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Not expecting to see it. Um, that's just creepy as shit to me. That was my first like, oh my god, this is a Bradbury story. And this movie is actually six years before Night of the Living Dead. Jesus is another one of my notes because Night of the, the Living Dead zombies and the whole is all shim. over this movie. Yeah. So much of the stuff that it that made, Romero was probably watching this and going, I need to make movies. This movie changed things, man. It changed how many horror directors? Well, you got now? David Lynch and George A. Romero for sure. Two, yeah, two of them. That's that's enough right there. But the, I mean, you stop there and you're fine. I'm not sure, but I think that place is actually still around too. You can visit it. It's called Saltair. Measuring Flicks goes down the road. You know what? If ever I was gonna go somewhere, it'd be there. And then the stairs from The Exorcist. I'd want to go see those two places. You just made everything twitch. From- <laughs> one, I saw it. One ginormous twitch. Um, and then you know, yeah, fuck the stairs in Philly. Like I want to go to the stairs in in Georgetown. Georgetown, isn't that where those the are the ones from are? The Exorcist? Yeah. yeah. So the Philly stairs of the Rocky. Oh, the Rocky yeah. thing. No, no, no. I want to go to the Exorcist, and you know, it's a tradition among Exorcist fans. You do have to hurl yourself down the stairs. So that you can. Yes, you do. <laughs> it's just a rite of passage. One in a hundred people survive. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of stairs. Fuck. So she comes back. Uh, uh, no, I'm sorry. So she sees this carnival, and the the minister is talking to her, and he's like, "She's like, hey, I'm done practicing for the day. What's that weird thing out in the desert?" And he goes, "Oh, it's an old carnival. I'm headed out that way." And she goes, "Could oh?" Uh, and he goes, "I'll take you out to see it if you like." And he, she goes, "Yeah, absolutely." They drive down to see it, and this is the first time we see it, and we do a POV through the through the windshield of the car as it approaches, and I don't think I've ever. I'm watching a movie. I'm not in that car. I don't think I've ever been more apprehensive to approach a location. Mm-hmm. There's something in it's the, menacing, and it's a little bit. It's it's. I think it's, it's because ominous. It, it doesn't belong there. No, it's out of place. It's got Fuck. weird. It's got weird towers. It looks like a. And there's still there. There are parts of each thing that it used to be blended together. There's. There's there's it's, it's like portraits on the wall. Building. It is portraits on the wall from it was a bathhouse, and then mm-hmm. you have parts of it look like a medieval times because of its carnival nature. Yeah, and, then, and again, it does. It, it, it has a huge dance hall. It's like, meant it's to so look weird. like the Taj Mahal. It was like based on that style of architecture. So it's got that weird like <sighs> Middle Eastern oh, architecture. With the mattress, we'll get to that. That dude. That made I watched this movie. Uh, Bird was gone. She left halfway through this. So I was watching it alone, and I was like, "I gotta turn lights on." Yep. <laughs> when yep. the mattress comes, no, yep. but we'll, we'll hit the mattress when we hit it. But 
So she goes out to look at it with this guy and she wants to go in and he's like, no, no, it's condemned. It's I can't it's break. Super dangerous. I'm a you minister. Can't I can't break the law. And she's like, all right, well, maybe I'll come back later. Right. You <laughs> show like, me how to get here. Like, Just don't tell him that. Because obviously I can't find my way on my own. Because I'm a woman and Thank all. God there was a good strong man <laughs> to show me how to get to the, <laughs> to get to the carnival. But, but she does say like, well, fine, I'll come back when, um. You're not here Exactly Yeah Yeah. Like the minister's like Well I shan't go in there She's like well I shan't I'll come back later then I will Yeah Yeah. I'll clip this lock And walk right in You know like here Hold my smokes (laughs) (laughs) The minister's like Wow Bit unseemly for a woman To smoke isn't it Um, Showing too much calf there So she gets home And she's like Whew what a creepy day. I'm ready for, for some sleeping Some not creepy Let me just jump in the old bath here She jumps in the bath and knock at the door. Oh, who could it be? Well, we think it's Ajax with a sandwich. Exactly. <laughs> Love her calling her Ajax, by the way. So, knock, knock, knock. She comes over, opens the door, and is like, oh, shit. And she, like, she doesn't close the door, but she, like, gets behind it. And she's like, I, I'm sorry. I thought you were Mrs. Ajax. <laughs> Let me get... She's got her towel around her and stuff. And in walk... First, this is our first time we meet him. This is, isn't it? This is his introduction. Jimmy, Jimmy the Creep, yeah. <sighs> Jimmy the Creep, kind of like... He, oh, he, he comes by it honestly. Dude, he almost like forces his way into the he room. He pretty much does. Yeah. She's like, I, I am in a I'm towel. I'm fucking naked right now. I here. I will talk to you, but you stand behind this door, and I'm gonna throw a robe on. And I'll, I don't fucking know you. I don't know when Peeping Tom comes out, but pre, I think this is pre Peeping Tom. Yeah. We get the he looks through the crack in the door. We get the male gaze. It's literal. That's this is it right here, master class. Dude, anyone who's ever felt like he's such a crazy. Like, Oh, the the male gaze. That's what does that even mean? Watch, Watch this. this movie, and you will immediately understand like, what the oh, male gaze. It makes oh. you feel just as dirty as you can possibly feel. Oh, it's so good. So she he she gets a robe on and drops her towel. And this is the shot I was talking about. They shoot a close up of his eyes, and you can see her like walking through her room. That's insane. In his reflected in his eyeball. I don't know how Criterion can't add that They're just cleaning up Mm -hmm. The the footage Which means that The original print Was sharp enough Had survived sharp enough That was my first thought When you mentioned it Is like the original print Had to be sharp enough For that to be The original print Had that information on it It's on the celluloid It's on the celluloid I know dude It's so well made None of this movie Is out of focus It's Unless it's meant to be it's everything that's meant to be shot super Because to crisp. do transfer this crisp, you have to do it from the original negatives, right? Or yeah, do you... well, Criterion always does. Okay. They don't, the, anything where they can't go from the original, like, for example, uh, Metropolis is a right, famous example. it's burned. Like... Well, there's chunks of it missing. Yeah. So rather than splice them together to be, to be uh, true to the original print, they insert a card real missing. And then that's fair, you, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, as far as I know, Criterion always goes from the original okay. um, footage, unless it was digital. Uh, they do do some digitals. When they do, they go from the original uncompressed files. Okay. And clean them up that way. So, Jesus. yeah, they did this from the original masters, and they had enough information to get her reflection as eyeball. Insane, it's so man. cool, dude. So he comes, he comes in, and he's like, "Hey, uh, you know, I was thinking, you're alone. I'm alone." Maybe you want to like put your put my balls in your mouth, dude. It's it's almost my, that. Honestly. My note is, ah, Jack the Creeper's here. I wonder what his intentions are. <sighs> Noble, most like. <laughs> <laughs> He's just concerned. She's that concerned for her well-being. Wants to introduce she himself. Might want, he she might need a good meal, and he's willing to pay for it. Absolutely. Well, he invites her to dinner, and she goes no, and he goes, well, you gotta eat, don't you? 
why don't you have dinner with me? And she's like, because I said I didn't want to. And he's like, well, that's, you know, why don't you come have dinner with me? And she's like, uh... Because mm-hmm. I said I didn't want to. Well, you know, why don't you just sleep with me instead then? Right. Dude, it's, he is so... Yeah. Oh. My next note is this guy's like you, Lyndon. Yeah, no guys kidding. Guy's like right? you. That's his real name is, yeah, Lyndon. Mr. Yeah, Lyndon. John right? Lyndon, yep. So... <laughs> Noble, most like. So it's after she, like, kicks him out... Yeah, Ajax comes back. Ajax comes back with a sandwich, right? Yep. yep, she comes back with a whole tea tray full of shit. At some point, when she meets creepy neighbor guy... Because I got getting a Kathy Bates vibe. Oh! oh. Is after he goes back, she looks down the stairwell she, and creepy she dude like is there. She walks him out. Yep, she's like, look, let me make sure that you're going back to your fucking right, room. and not peeping through my keyhole. And then looks down the down stairwell. Down the stairwell, and the man he's is... Right. He's not standing. He's sitting in a chair by the stairs. Like in, one of, in the landing between the first and second floor. Uh, no, he's all the way down in like the living room. Oh, he's on the fucking. He's on he the ground the floor, down. dude. He's in like the main space. And I wrote down uh, the man. So he's literally called the man. Right. That's just what I they know. Call you weren't him. doing a bit. I'm not. They, clarify for them. though. I'm clarifying. <laughs> I, well, let's call him the ghoul because that's a little easier. So Fair we enough. don't get confused. Yeah, that makes sense. So she looks down. I wrote down the ghoul simply is in. He has. He comes into a church. He's, she's not safe in a church. Like tip vampires, they can't get you in a church. No, he walks into a church. He walks He's into everywhere. the domestic space. We've, we're doing a series over on Patreon.com right now. Patreon.com slash Film. Um, when Harry met Michael, we're watching the Halloween movies. He, him, this guy, the ghoul in the domestic space, is as jarring and unsettling as Michael Myers. I had just a little. Mi- I had being. a Michael Myers. You know later on too it's so scary he comes up the stairs and you hear her the footsteps and he's not running she's not hustling and she locks yeah she locks herself into her room and she's like oh my god he's in the house he's real because she's out out in the world i saw him in the desert maybe these are hallucinations this is this is in the where she lives yeah this must be real this is her private space knock on the door who is it it's me, Ajax. <laughs> I got a sandwich for you. I made you. I made you turkey on rye, <laughs> with pickles and peanut butter. And she's like, oh, "Okay, sounds gross, but I'll eat it because I'm, I'm starving." Hungry. Yeah, welcome. So I love that she lets Ajax in and then locks the door, and then she's eating the the sandwich, right? She, well, mm-hmm. she puts the chain on. Yes. So she, she locks him in. She's like, "What are you doing?" Well, she's like, I, I found the, uh, there's a man. And she's like, oh, you must mean Mr. Linden. Yeah, he is very creepy. Do you have mace? Like, <laughs> Ajax knows what's Mace in a chastity belt probably. You're going to want a chastity thing. belt and a knife. Like a knife, a burner knife fact, that you can. we should just walk over and kill him right now. Why don't we, uh, if you want. Preemptively. If you want to kill him, I already dug a hole in the yard. <laughs> right. That's actually why I'm here. She's pretty. The tea and the, the, the coffee sandwich. The coffee and the sandwich. Like, eh. I just, I did that as a. I needed reason to get in the Room. It's a bribe, really. Like, I'll make you sandwiches for the rest of forever if you just help so, me kill that it's horrible. It's a ham salad man. sandwich. You're going to love it. Ham salad. That's horrible. <laughs> Baby, I hear the news calling. Ham salad. Scrambled <laughs> eggs. Coming up again. Uh, yeah, into the toilet <laughs> after you've eaten it. I can't wait to turn that into barf. <laughs> Boy, look at that. It's already halfway to barf. It's already pretty um, much barf. Um, um, ham salad. <laughs> Ham salad and scallops. This is great. <laughs> the only reason you eat that is to barf later. Yeah, it's like it's a prairie oyster. You're hung oh. over as shit, and you're like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta use some oysters here. All right, Ajax. <laughs> I was a fifth and a half in last night, so I'm gonna need you to make me a ham salad sandwich. <laughs> 
side of side of mango <laughs> with with a good mango chutney. I know it's I'm grossing myself. It's out really here. gross. I have I have pre puke taste <laughs> in my mouth right now. You did do a little bit of martini in last night. I didn't night. try to become one quite as much as no, I did no, last no. week. But. So okay, so she goes. She when when the owner or when Ajax goes to leave, there's a great moment where. Okay. She freaks herself out. She gets a little Kathy Batesy here, which is kind of cool. Mary is so insistent that there's another man in the house that Ajax starts to doubt whether there is or isn't. Mm-hmm. And she's like, your, your imagination's getting away from you. And she goes to pull the door open. This is a great little, it's almost like a subtle psychological jump scare. Because she goes to like pull the door out because she just wants to get out of this room that she's yep. in with Mary. She's now uncle. And the chain is on. Yeah. It's awesome. She's staring at uh-huh. Mary with these uh-huh. like haunt, like spook. She's kind of spooked. And she goes She's to totally pull the spooked. door and it goes. And the mm. door hitting the chain is so fucking scary, dude. You jump. It's a total jump scare. So she takes the chain off and on her way out, she goes, um, don't drink the coffee if it'll keep you up. You ready for uh, another like editing genius yes. editing number ten? Coffee never keeps me awake. Coffee never coffee never keeps me awake. Cut to her wide awake, unblinking, laying in bed, moonlight bathed in moonlight, staring out the window. Yeah, that's my note too. <laughs> it's ugh. okay. Ready, ready for even more good editing? We cut to her POV. We see the window. We don't zoom. We just cut to a position 20 feet ahead of where we were before like we're like you have a like you have a, a telos like a, yeah. a microscope and you're clicking through magnifying lenses you just buck, and now you're closer buck, and now you're closer so she goes out the window a little further out the window and now we're in the desert and we can see the carnival closer to the carnival closer to the carnival and now the most brilliant reverse that i've seen this season so far cut to boom in the carnival looking out she is she is sending her mind here's how i read it she's sending, sending her, her mind out to the carnival and finds that the carnival is looking back at her oh my god it is so unnerving my it, i wrote down uh, we look out at the carnival out at the carnival and then the carnival looks out at us dude mm. it is like pure stephen king type stuff it is it's genius <laughs> it's no so time. good um so Jimmy the Creep comes by the next morning. This is for the best breakfast ever. <laughs> for the smallest pours of coffee. Uh, well, we'll get to Last Man on Earth where he pours a, a, a sip at a time. One mouthful <laughs> One at a time. In the smallest cup ever. The, wide, the widest, shallowest <laughs> coffee cup you've ever seen. It's a plate. He's drinking off a plate with a handle. <laughs> it's unreal. But Jimmy the Creep shows up. He's like, hey, hey, hey. It's me, Jimmy Savile. Hey, time for breakfast. I gotta go out with sandwiches in my pockets. Uh, he, but it, but there, it's ham salad. It's you don't want salad. these. Want Those it. are really just for me to puke later. <laughs> but he shows up with one of the, like a percolator and two cups. Yep. And she's like, oh, well, I did have a f- creepy dream last night, so. Company I'm, would be nice. Yeah, let's have a cup of coffee. And he pours some coffee and he reaches into his jacket and he pulls out like. A liter bottle of brandy. Like Jim Beam or whatever. Yeah, I th- yeah, yeah. I think, but it's a pint, right? It's yep, like one of it's those, a little flask it's bottle, little, yeah. Yeah, so he's got a little pint bottle. He's like, yeah, got some left from last night's binge that I was, <laughs> when I got 
blacked out drunk because I'm an alcoholic. Glug, glug, glug. Would you like some? She goes, no, no, not for me. He goes, no, it's 7.30 in the morning. I'm yeah, fine. You, you woke me up. It's The sun's not even up yet. <laughs> so no. Are you still? Oh, you're still partying. You're still, yeah. You haven't gone to bed yet. This is what, we've all been there. You're good. Yeah, it's like, what, what do you guys want to do? What do you guys want to do, huh? You want another drink? Huh? You got another drink? I got plenty of boosh. Plenty oh, of boosh. Oh, oh. So he comes in and she's like. Sleeping about barfing up sandwiches later. He's so overtly an alcoholic <laughs> like they're playing him like they, a drunk no they they when he's drinking his butt heavies later yeah, yeah they make a big point of it it's, stuff's not poison i spent good money on that drink <laughs> i spent good money on that budweiser you're like uh i don't it's a miller this is a miller light actually he is drinking my favorite combination i call it a number one a happy meal it's a butt butt heavy with a with a couple fingers of bourbon. That's great. Later on when he's yeah. in the bar. Yeah. yeah. So he goes to pour some for her and she goes, no, no, thank you. I don't drink at 730 in the morning. And right. I'm like, and I'm sitting at home. I'm like, Mary, you're missing out. Yeah, you should try. <laughs> you should. Nothing like a little splash of bourbon little, in the morning. Just a little toot. Just I love a little it. toot. Just Jameson a little... and some coffee at eight o'clock. Got to have an Irish coffee in the morning. Well, and not an Irish coffee because I don't want the other shit. Just nope. Jameson and coffee. I just want, yeah, liquor in my coffee. That's yep. what I want. So. She, Jimmy immediately goes, well, I think you got the wrong idea about me, like I'm some kind of alcoholic or something. And then he pours more alcohol in his coffee. And she goes, uh, uh, what's wrong? Can you still taste the coffee? And he's like, hey, you, why are you busting my balls? I'm Actually, yeah, I can taste it yeah, still, so still let me get yeah. a little more in there. Yeah, rinse that out with some more Let me dump beam. this one and just put the gym back in there. <laughs> I realize I hate coffee. I don't know why I brought this. So... <laughs> He go she uh she goes let me wash these at the end of, he's so he's like getting his arm around her on the couch and leaning in and we, I I actually kind of like his dialogue because he's like I never went to school because learning's dumb I'm as smart as the next guy just because I can't read and don't know nothing about <laughs> just anything cause I'm stupid doesn't just because I'm, I'm stupid doesn't mean I'm stupid you know like I'm super smart except I don't no except for all the learning parts except for anything that requires like a brain i don't got <laughs> i ain't got none i can of make that. my legs go <laughs> i'm look i'm breathing i ain't barely thinking about it <laughs> oh sorry i was talking too much i forgot about breathing there <laughs> look at me all bright and breathing i'm just my look at my heart speed oh hold on i'm hold doing on. too many things at once <laughs> beat gotta beat. compartmentalize beat be, okay, learned, I'm I, back. That's a word. I don't know what it means. Compa- can you tell me what like compartmentalized <laughs> means? I heard it on uh, radio the other day, and I, I felt was accidentally listening to a thing that was trying to make me smarter. I was trying to get to the rock I heard station. Compartmentalized before I shut that fucker off. I, I clicked my radio on, and some idiot had turned it to NPR. <laughs> I, I was trying to get to the spooky stories and uh, the porno stories that you get from Canada. <laughs> yeah. But I was on NPR and they said compartmentalize and now I just I gotta know. What does it mean? What does that mean? Okay, thank you. <laughs> you want hey, you want some of this in your coffee? <laughs> my brain if I don't beat my brain cells with a brick of brandy in the morning <laughs> it just uh I start thinking all these horrible thoughts like you maybe be better if I just died some <laughs> Maybe it ain't worth getting up in the morning, you know? So I draw myself a hot bath, but then I have a drink and I forget where I kept I'm the razor. Totally fine. And I'm back to being good old me. Wanna have dinner tonight? How does razor get in my hand? Oh, that's where I left it. That's where I well, left I'm, it. I, I've had my brandy, so I don't need this anymore. Here, you shave your eyes or whatever women do. I don't know. <laughs> your eyes. God damn it. <laughs> oh man, if we get too deep into characters, it's hard to get I know. out. <laughs> it is. It gets really muddy. You can't start. Yeah, I've got more lines coming up, and I'm I like, know stop, you do. stop. I, I saw him. I saw a whole 45 <laughs> minute bit. <laughs> like, you gotta reel you back in the boat. You're like, all right, what happens next? I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. 
Uh, so he, she goes, here, let me rinse these cups. He goes, why, why, why bother? It just, just wrecks the flavor for tomorrow. And you see her face go like, oh, God. Though, that made me think of uh, the Navy. So that's the thing. You don't, okay. you don't wash the chief's cup or the coffee pot because it seasons the glass and the coffee pot. So one of the things they'll do if you're a new fresh sailor and you're on your first duty they'll station, tell they'll wash. tell you go wash the chief's mug. And let me tell you something about washing the chief's mug. It's not a good fucking idea. Don't do it. Don't do it. And don't <laughs> scrub out the fucking coffee cup. The the the, the Mr. Po- coffee. Yeah. The coffee pot. Don't. Mm-mm. That's a real thing. No, huh? That's a real thing, dude. Wow. So is it superstition or there's a little bit of tradition that, but it, I think more of the tradition is you don't fuck with the chief's mug. It's like that's the tradition. He wants to rinse. He wants it. his dirty fucking mug and the dirty fucking Mr. Coffee. That's how it is. And also, it's not diesel that's or JP5 that that fuels the military or the navy. It's coffee. Coffee. Yeah. <laughs> like like so many things in life. No, pretty much like life, just life in uh, general. So I really this is okay. So previous to this. That was when I was thinking that Mary was kind of a cold fish and maybe being a bit of a bitch, right? However, but this is where I got it, where mm-hmm. she goes, thanks for the coffee. It was delicious, if unsanitary. Right. And he's like, hey, and she goes, oh, uh, here, here. Uh, do you think you'll need help getting through the door? And he goes, hey, you got the wrong idea about me just because I'm literally don't remember nothing. Right. Because I'm so drunk. And greasy. Like, you think I'm an out? And she goes, no, I just meant because your hands are full. But that's mm-hmm. not what she that's meant. That's not what she means. I, at this point, I'm like, oh, she's a badass is what yep. she actually is. I have the same thought. You just, there's there's something about these movies where you revert, dude. Mm-hmm. Part of, your brain will revert. And you'll go you back. You go back. We did it when we were watching House on Haunted Hill. I was like, I like that Vincent Price made that woman a drink. And then later on, I was like, but, you know, she could have asked him for it. And how presumptive of him. Right. But what? But that's a whole other It's a whole other thing. Shit. I know. It's Look, man, these are the... I'll always make the lady the cocktail. And I always open the fucking door. If you don't like it, you can eat a bucket of my poop. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you can eat a whole plate of fucking ham salad sandwiches. I'll make you ham salad sandwiches Ham scallop sandwiches. With pimento cheese. <laughs> no, just the pimento Just the from pimento olives. from... This. Not the olives, just the pimentos. Ugh. Guess what I also do? I also make a drink for you and open the door for you, Maxwell. Dude, yeah, for everybody. For people. Carl, these are for the persons. hoops. These are the hoops that I we know. jump through this I year. Know. But anyway, I'm just saying, like, this is the spot when he when she like soundly puts him in his place. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, she's a kick ass chick, yes. though, is what it is. She's a badass. And I'm just No, because your hands are full. No, because your hands are full. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I I'm gonna pass out. I gotta. Yes, so. I gotta get back to my. Oh. Put a mat, put a mattress down. I'm falling. I'm falling. <laughs> you got one for you. Sending it down. Yeah. No shit. Um. All right. So she goes. She needs some clothes for um for church. It's time to go shopping. Yeah. She's, you gotta she, get your new Sunday morning dress. I get yep, it. She's got the whole day booked for shopping. Fuck, I love something about department stores. I thought in you were movies. gonna say something about shopping. I was like, I know. Do you want to go? No, Let's I would totally love suits. shopping, dude. Seriously, <laughs> we have to soon anyway for the wedding. So that's true. 
I can't honestly I can't wait. I love trying on clothes, baby. Oh, you can probably wear whatever you have here. We're not going with it. Anyways, we'll talk about that yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love movies, especially in the sixties when because we don't really have department stores like this. Like no. first floor, men's clothing, second floor, women's clothing, third floor. Nor do we have sales associates like this anymore. Not at all. Who are like salespeople, like well, actual and fucking the sale, what do salespeople say now? Looks great on you, look amazing. Everything you try on looks perfect. Yeah, exactly. This sales associate's like well, you know, the hem is a little wrong and the back's bad, but, you know, the rest of it looks great. And what we'll do is we're going to take that in for you and we'll we bring, can tailor we'll bring, it. We can bring yeah. it up. Yeah. She's being straight with her. She's like, this does look good on you. There's a couple problem spots, though. I'll get yeah. that fixed. Here, you go change back into this your clothes. This one makes and, you look a little bit tubby, you might. <laughs> like, right. Well, yeah. she's like, we'll cinch it here and blah, blah, yeah. blah. But, like, honestly. It's being an actual, like. Kill, an actual sales Salesperson, yes. And a person, too, not a liar. Exactly. Oh, my God, you look fantastic. Do I really? My stomach just popped four buttons. <laughs> uh, I thought this was a different shirt. <laughs> this is actually... My, my balls are actually hanging below the... I'm not wearing anything. Right. I came out because there's a man vomiting. Everything is the emp- emperor's new clothes now. Right. Right. You look amazing. Oh, my God. You look so fantastic. Good. Sometimes you don't. Sorry, people. How sharp do you want me to I look? I have clothes that I... I had clothes that I don't look good in. I got rid of them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you look like shit. Anyone who's... And if you care, you... you every you know, time... If if you see someone and every time nice you break see them... Yeah. They say like, you look amazing. And that's they say that to you every time. They're a liar. Mm-hmm. Don't be friends with them. Mm-mm. Carl, sometimes you look like shit. Oh, I Carl, look sometimes. Like, I look like shit most of the time. How many times it's have you walked into my house and I'm standing here with a cup of coffee and one <laughs> eye closed? A robe. I got my robe open, my dick's out, and you're like, you look amazing today. You look today. so fantastic. You're hashtag 30 and thriving. Let's get on mics, baby. 30. No. <laughs> so, but this is, this is our first altered state of consciousness. Yeah, when she goes to put her... Out of phase. She goes back into the dressing room and no, suddenly... Yes! Oh, God! That's when she's in the dressing room. And they do the... Uh, the like the 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 watery sort like, I didn't even make that. Mm-hmm. I just thought like, oh, they're doing a no, fun it's effect. It's watery, it's It's watery effects. Mm-hmm. It's the the screen goes like it's made of water, and yep. it goes do. And she, I love her face too, because she's not like <gasps> she looks around like what the fuck. You know when sometimes you're walking and you'll get a little wave of vertigo or a little dizzy spell will hit you because you got high blood pressure and you're not running enough. <laughs> but you know you get a little wave of dizziness and you're like, oh wait, am I gonna fall? Hold on. No, I'm okay. I'm okay. It's that. It's that. And then she goes outside and she walks up to the salesperson, but we realize while she's in the dressing room that all the sounds from the department store have gone away. Gone away. It's silent. There's an interesting thing they do too, because there is a tone that keeps happening in the department store. It's like a, it's like boom, boom. It's happening all the time, and then suddenly it's not happening anymore. Right. The tone. Oh, yeah. It's it's like people ringing stuff up yep. up front. But that exists so that we realize. They gave us a lot go- of they sound. Gave us to, yeah. So they had a lot to take from us. Mm-hmm. And she goes to the sales, and she's like, I decided I would like to take it. Hello? 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 I, I said I'd like to take it. What? Well, you're not sales associate walks away. Why is no one paying attention to me? A guy almost walks into her. Yep. And she's oh like, God. wait, what the? F-? And she goes outside, and this is when she gets out into the city. And the city is silent. Just the sound of her clip clop clip clop. It's just her feet. It's as she's walking, and you see cars driving. There's a creepy ass moment in the department store where we see a customer talking, and no sound is coming out of her mouth because 
we can hear what Mary's saying. She's like, why won't anyone listen to right, me? What's going is- on? And she's standing next to this old woman, and the old woman is probably saying, like, does this come in red? Right. I need a yellow. It's over by my foot. I felt it hit it. I'll grab it. And just that's sorry. This is not us. Yeah. Well, she's like, so she's like, I can't do it because it's silence and this is radio, but like her mouth is moving and saying words and she's looking down and there's clearly inflection and there's just nothing. Nothing. The silence in this movie for me is the scariest part. Mm-hmm. The parts where she's not in the world anymore. It's that Philip K. Dick thing where yes. it's like, what if suddenly no one could see or hear you? It's- you were just you were just that far out of reality. And it's like one of those things that ki- little that, that, that little, little kids are afraid of, you yeah. know, oh, where you. it's like you're you're six years old and you're like, what if one day I woke up and no one could hear me anymore? I remember my parents did that sure. to me. My parents did that to me one time when I was a little kid. I I uh, went into the bathroom and I got in a cardboard box and I pretended it was a time traveling machine or whatever. Oh and no! And I like woo, 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 woo. and but when I came out, my my wicked mother, who I love. She's so she's probably the reason that I'm like as screwed up and into horror as I am because I came out and she flipped the script. She was I'm assuming she was gonna pretend like oh, it's the future. You've been gone for a week, Max. She just ignored me, and I was like, Mom, Mom, I I think I time traveled. Just kept cooking, just like I wasn't there. Oh my God. My dad was there. Dad was playing along. Scared the shit. Up. Ran back in the bathroom. How long did they crying. keep keep it going? Until I went back in the bathroom. It's probably like ten minutes. I went outside, That's but, fucking but crazy, it was the middle man. of the day, so like no one was no really around. around, so I couldn't find anyone else to verify whether or not, and I'm like, shit, this is fucked up. it was so scary, and then I saw Carnival of Souls when I was like, you know, 16 or whatever, and I'm like, that, I'm like, oh, I know how that PTSD. feels, yeah, <laughs> me having flashbacks of that time I time traveled, do you ever consider, Max, that maybe you did? Uh, yeah, all the time. I smoke weed a lot, Carl. Yeah. I, I have a lot of thoughts where I'm like, maybe, man. Maybe. Maybe I'm still in that bathroom. Awesome. <laughs> maybe this is all just a dream. <laughs> uh, my favorite ever, I, I used to have a friend, um, a former coworker of mine, who he, this was before I smoked weed. This is, I was still straight edge when I was working with this kid. And he used to get like stoned and shit. And every once in a while, he got really paranoid. So one day I was like, he started, he would say Max. And he comes over and he's like, why are you ignoring me? And I'm like, what, man? What are you talking about? And he's like, Max, why are you ignoring me? I'm like, Max? My name's not Max. I'm John. Are you fucking with me? I'm John, bro. We worked together for like three months. <laughs> right. Oh my God. And then another time I convinced him, I'm like, what if everybody that you know is real except me? And you, your brain is just filling in the gaps. You're like beautiful minding him. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, what if I'm just a figment of like your personality? What if Who's I'm just helping- Paul Bettany? <laughs> What if I'm Paul Bettany missing an eye? Right. <laughs> Wouldn't that sp- and it wrecked him, dude? It wrecked him for like days, and it's all because my mother did it to me when yep. I was a child. You have to, you have to pay some of that forward. You can't live with all of it. You gotta like, oh yeah, you gotta push some of that off on yeah. other people. Yeah, you have to, you have to inflate. No, we shouldn't even no. say that. That's totally not true. If you've been traumatized, don't pay that forward. <laughs> oh, well, that's not what I was trying to say. No, I was just about to say like you got to pass your trauma on. Oh, but don't Jesus don't do that. That's bad. <laughs> that's a bad thing to do. <laughs> the, oh. the more you know. <laughs> so Birdsong brings her back. Yep. Um, There's a really cool episode of Doctor Who that does the same thing, and I'm wondering if they they are nodding to old this. old or new. The the newer the season. New- it's a Matt. Smith. I'll bet episode. you. Dude. I'll bet you. Because it's where they keep popping back between times and realities, mm-hmm. and the the first thing that they hear when they're in a new like it's birds chirping. That's so awesome. It has to be. It, it must be. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we're about to get to. 
Listen, I'm not a doctor, but <laughs> I'm gonna pretend to be a doctor. <gasps> oh, oh, wait. Sorry. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Out. Go ahead. So about the dressing room when she pops out yeah. and then she's phased. So um, Stephen King has this story he likes to tell in interviews about this story that he doesn't know how to finish. It's about an airport bathroom, a, w- a women's room, yeah, where women will go in and then they don't come back out. And then suddenly people are getting panicked, like, well, I'll go in and find your wife. It's like, my wife hasn't come out. Like, I, can you go in and check on her? Right. So someone will go in and check on the wife, and they don't come out of the bathroom. And so suddenly, like, it becomes this huge thing where, like, police and fire are there. And anytime anyone goes into the women's bathroom, they just don't come back out. And that's as far as he has. I'm like, and I don't know what's in the bathroom. I don't know what's happening in the bathroom. I don't know how to finish the story. So if anyone knows how, what's going on in that bathroom, like write it down, send it to me. If I like it, we'll write a story together. Maybe it's like, this. I'm like, maybe it's this. <gasps> like people are phasing. Just, and they're in the airport. They're talking to you right come now. Back out, but- they're like, I'm right here. Don't send her in there. And then those two women are together now coming out. And they're all phased together having to like. I just read an and issue they of create their own like world existing in this parallel thing where they have to like create their own sort of culture around mm-hmm. like these people don't exist. We do, but they do exist, but they don't. And they how fucking people weird that would that. Be. It's like Neverwhere, the Neil Gaiman. Yeah, kind of like Neverwhere. <laughs> where London below. Um, I read an issue of Swamp Thing last night with Adam Strange in it, where the. I can't remember what it's called, but the beam that takes you to Ron yeah. uh, was passing through, but it's passing through a bathroom stall. Oh, shit. So he like has to rip a dude out of the stall and get in and close the door, and then it takes him to Ron. Oh but I was God. when you said that, I was like, maybe everyone's going maybe to Ron. everyone's going to Ron. <laughs> so she's outside, and she's like, oh, my God. I can hear the birds, and then once the birds start, the cars fade back in, chatter fades Slowly, back, and yes. it's like, okay, I can hear again. Whoo, that was scary. Let me go get a drink of water. I'll feel better. And we see a dark suit step up next to her, and she's like, "She's like, wonder who that? It's the ghoul, obviously." So she screams and like falls backwards away into another. Goes to run, and a dude catches her. Hey, lady. This is Doctor Samuels, I think is his name. I call him Doctor Gaslighter. Uh, well, I mean, kind of. I think his he name. gaslights her the whole fucking time. Maybe your brain is stupid. Well, I would. You I ever would, think that maybe you're. I would argue that this is not gaslighting, and here's my evidence. Okay. I don't think this is gaslighting because what she's experiencing is beyond all known scientific fact okay. in our world. So he's actually what he's doing is he's giving her the best possible advice that's like he a can. best guess. It comes off kind of gaslighting though because he's a douche knob and he's not even so. a psychiatrist. For gaslighting for me would be well if you would have to sort of be like your your intentions would have to be that you are. Maybe maybe I'm misunderstanding the, the the term, but I've always understood gaslighting to mean convincing someone that they're insane yes. when they're very obviously aren't. Such that is. such as like why is the why is there nothing in the refrigerator? What are you talking about? The refrigerator's full of food. And you right. go over there and you open it together and you're you're like taking out imaginary milk and shit. You're like, "Yeah, the, there's food in here." What are you talking about? Right. What are you taught and you commit to it so hard that they start to doubt their reality. Right. Or something like you usually it's attributed to dudes doing it to women right. usually in a relationship. Mm-hmm. So you hit, you know, you're a piece of shit, you're an alcoholic, you're super abusive. You hit your wife, you go to bed, you wake up and she's like, "Um, are we going to talk about yesterday? Like what are you talking about?" Nothing happened. When you slapped me. I didn't slap you. Right, 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 right. That's gaslighting. It just felt a little bit. For me, when she's like, well, 
Okay, I I agree that he's very condescending. Yeah, but I don't think he's gaslighting because she's like, I saw a ghost and it, I fell out of the yeah, universe. Yeah, I guess she's saying some really crazy. Yeah, shit, and he's so. like, I okay, I don't know if you saw a ghost. I don't think you fell out of the universe. I think probably you had like a uh, maybe an anxiety attack or a panic attack, and it felt really scary. But everything's okay now. If he was like, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, we're all ghosts. Right. Dude, what? She's like, excuse me? And then he sold her on that. But no, okay, I, I get, get what you're saying. He's definitely like very condescending. He's not listening to what she's saying. And also, we're as we're about to reveal, he has no expertise whatsoever. That's like my favorite part of the whole goddamn thing is I like, do love I'm it. not a psychiatrist or anything, I, but. Here's my note. I think you're going to like it. I go, uh, Dr. Samuels catches her after that drinking fountain shock. You've had quite a shock. Hyster- and he has a line. He says, hysteria won't solve anything. So I said, hysteria won't solve everything. Solve anything. Would you care for a sedative? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's literally. a sedative? He's sedative guy from <laughs> fucking House on Haunted Hill. He's like, oh boy, you were ha- you had that drink of water went down the wrong pipe, huh? Would you care for a sedative? <laughs> Fourteen cc's. Seems That's a lot. You Seems s- like a lot. You seem like mildly upset. Would you care for a <laughs> lifetime prescription of sedatives? I walked through you. I walked through your toot earlier. Would you care for a sedative? Oh, your toot smelled a little, a bit broccoli-like <laughs> to me. Would you care? It'll. They were a little broccoli-y. You know what would sort that out? A sedative. <laughs> How about some laudanum? That is, you know what it probably was? It's quaaludes. Yeah. It's, <laughs> the Lude 60s now, were like, a different time. Whew. It's like, hey, how's your day going? I don't know. I got this kink in my neck. Here, man. You take a box of quaaludes. <laughs> yeah, that'll sort me right out. And if I stay awake, I'll be <laughs> Now you have up. a kink in your body. Here, take these quaaludes and drive home. <laughs> oh, my God. You're spilling out. <laughs> okay. So the actual line he says, after giving her advice for like eight minutes, yes. is he goes, now listen, I'm not a psychiatrist, and maybe I'm being clumsy about all this. My next, my next note is: Wait, what? You're, yeah, <laughs> you're you're not a psychiatrist. Why? No, I'm a chiropractor. <laughs> I'm actually a dentist. I wrote down chiropractor because chiropractor's funny. Look, man, chiropractors. Are you are, saying they're not doctors? I'm saying they're not doctors. I'm saying <laughs> oh, no. it. I'm saying it. Unequivocally on the podcast that chiropractors are not doctors. The guy who came up with chiropractics is the same guy who came up with crystal healing. He came up with the idea for chiropractics by communicating with spirits from another realm. He was doing like 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 a séance, and spirits came and gave him the whole of chiropractics. They gave him chiropractics, and he's like, "Hey guys, you know what the problem is? Of subluxations." Yeah, let me just do a, a light subluxation of your newborn infant. Mm. Get your baby in early, and we'll realign its You've spine. You've seen the same episode of Penn and Teller's bullshit that I did, apparently. No, uh, Bird got a, fr- uh, a coupon for a free chiropractic adjustment. We went to a chiropractor here in Traverse City. I won't say which one for legal reasons, obviously. We walked into that chiropractor's office, and they had a like 40 by 70 poster of a baby in a in a chiropractor's hands, and it was like, uh, start, them al- st- uh, start aligning them early, and they'll stay aligned for life. Fuck it, no. They were talking about how, at what, how often you should get your baby, your infant baby. What is he sitting at his desk too fucking long? Oh, those hours in that chair. The bo- the bones don't even stop forming. They're 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 not even bones they're, really they're yet. Still cooking. They're still soft. Yeah. Let me just oh realign. God. Yeah. It looks like he's what he's been what chopping mm-hmm. wood. I can't. This makes Chop- me, this makes me crazy. Oh god. So that's why my chiropractor joke. Now, okay, I will also say I do have a friend who visited a chiropractor and 
you know, it, it, she said it helped it, she said it helped her pain and then she felt better. And I'm like, Oh, do you still go? She goes, yeah. I'm like, how long you been going? She's like, Oh, like four years. I'm like, they haven't fixed anything. No, it's then. not fixing anything. If you just have to go twice a month for four years, they're just put, they're just masking your symptoms. They're not fixed. You, what? You're still fucked up. They haven't fixed you. Sorry. I'm not going to rant no, about right. chiropractors, but that was the point of the chiropractor joke. Um, so she yeah so the the psychiatrist not a psychiatrist is like i'm sorry uh i don't and she goes you know what you're right he's talking about the carnival he's like so this carnival seems to fascinate you maybe we should go face your fears let's go together i've got some stuff to do but i'll go with you later and she goes i'm going right now he goes well you can't do that you're a woman or something Uh, like something horrible like that and she one of us men should probably go right exactly like you can't go out there without a man and she's like why he's like because you can't drive a car and she's like you have a license i'll show it to you i'm leaving goodbye (laughs) she storms out of the fucking office she drives out to the carnival this is so awesome this is where we start getting one of the other that we haven't seen this particular um uh, uh conceit of this film yet but here's where it starts this film starts showing us vast spaces mm-hmm. with her in them yes tiny shots so wide that you outside of like the hateful eight or like monument valley mm, shots from john yeah. ford like they're shooting so big the spaces are so big and so utterly empty that I mean, even on a television you feel the space i love that it's very scary man it's fucking freaky it's super scary like just the cinematography nothing's happening yet it will very shortly but like ju- when she walks she walks okay so as she's driving out we hear the organ her organ like not creepy just organ music but I wrote down once she once she crosses the fence into the carnival and she's like in that where all the like the games and the where the barkers would be. Yes. Once she gets in there, the tone of the pipes changes to a calliope. Yeah. Oh, my God. And going from the like. And it turns into carnival music. Dude, it's. Yeah, I think I'm going to own the score. This is going to be one. I'm going to find it. Yeah. I'm going to find it for sure. And if I got if I got to buy it on if I got to buy it on tape. Whatever, a reel-to-reel reel or some this, shit. Yeah. yeah, this score is so incredible. So, now, Carl, you've been waiting. Go ahead, places man. Places of abandoned fascinate oh. me, too. Like, abandoned places? Yes. Well, where the, like the, where the ghosts are, places yeah, where the ghosts hang it. out. So, we get some... She's walking through a space, and there's... And I don't know what get, they are. What are they? The big so, barrels. So, that she's walking through a fun house. So, that yeah. would have been a part where you would walk through, and these weird, clinky barrels would be... Right. So she's walking through this huge, what used to be a fun house. Right. And there's the most, the most gigantic wave slide that I've ever seen. And we hear a door open on the top and a fucking Hellraiser mattress slides down it. And that's it. I've never been more fucking scared. It was of a mattress. It was except for when the fucking cinnabites come out of the, it. But yeah, like that when the flayed human woman claws up out of hell through yeah. one. Yeah, dude. I I honestly think that that mattress coming down because you bar- you barely hear. It. She's just walking along, no, just, then, and you just hear. And when it next to her, she like she doesn't scream or anything. Nope. She just starts a little and looks at it, and then looks up the slide. Like there's nothing there, and there's nothing at the top of the slide. That to me is as scary 
as like the the stuff at the end of Hereditary with the yep. with the trap door and stuff. Because yep, there's no reason for there's it. There's no like, reason that matters. Like, let's let's take out like if the supernatural doesn't exist, period. There would have to have been a person that like it's it's so frightening that if even if like a ghost doesn't exist or any sort of weird fuckery, no, super, that means that means there. somebody is there and somebody is intentionally fucking with you. Yeah. Then if it's a ghost, that's also so. There's nothing about that that isn't frightening. You're alone now. Okay, in the, I'll use the terms of the movie. There, I jumped through my 2019 hoop. Not only are you alone, you're a woman, a, a very slight, small woman, alone. In a carnival, unarmed, no one around, and only one person knows you're here, and maybe someone else is here now. And, and they in, are intentionally, intentionally fucking with, with you. you? Mm-mm. Very scary. You got something to say, Boo? Get on mic. I was going to say, I don't feel that you have to caveat that because as a woman in 2019, yeah, still scary. I always cover my bases. Our, our listeners know by this point. I'm just, <laughs> I've got all these legal documents in front of me. Right. <laughs> Um, so she, this more genius stuff after the horrifying mattress, she walks out and there's a big ad. It's a big ad for, I think, saltwater taffy. Yep. It's the saltwater taffy. So there's a big saltwater. No, it's saltwater bathing because it used to be a bathhouse. That's right. That's right. I'm sorry. So it's like, uh, come to do our, do our saltwater bathing. And there's a smiling woman and uh, it painted onto the thing. Mm -hmm. The woman who comes out. Uh, Mary, our our protagonist, looks exactly like the woman in the ancient saltwater bathing advertisement, and that's another woman in water. It's so smart, dude. It's so this well. This is the executed. first time we start seeing people coming up out of water, too, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, then her vision is preserved in a tub. That was my note. Like her, the what? the ghoul. Yeah. Lays down into a like a tub of water. He's in like a. I thought he was in like a fountain, or fountain or some sort of basin. Yeah, he's laying. He's laying with his eyes closed underwater. Yeah, having sh- fucking crazy. I did a short film once for a friend as a, I was the performer where I laid down in a tub like that, and they he shot like down straight down on me, and I was supposed to like slip under the water. I will tell you right now that if you were laying flat underwater. Water goes directly up yeah, your nose. Yeah, there's and no stopping it. It hurts so. I, and well, Marquette water, which is so loaded with chlorine, it just burns in your sinuses. It was awful. So this dude, he's he's laying down, he's flat laying in down the there, like the just like don't move. I know it hurts, but I don't. I only have like twenty more feet of film. Oh my god! Because we spent uh, fifteen thousand dollars on this movie. Damn it! I would have been able to afford more film if I hadn't gotten that twelve dollar repair fee. Oh, then we get the dance of the dead right after the lay down in the water. What a great eye for unusual angles and vast spaces. We already talked about that. Uh, yeah. Then uh, the next thing that I really see. Do we get the dancers yet? Yeah, I have it here before the profane organ playing. So okay. Yeah, I said ghosts and waters are super spooky. Her vision is preserved in a saltwater bath and the dance of the dead. Is this this is the first time we see the dance of the dead? Yeah, and it's not. Is this the fast one? Uh, this is this is normal. This is a normal dance. So it's a bunch of people. And she's not there yet. No, they're all, oh, she's just mm. she's just seeing it. Yes, it's a vision. So they're in like corpse paint light, right? So like white faces, dark dark eyes, gray lips, and they're all in suits and dresses, and they're all these dead. They're probably like 50, 50 dead people all dancing. I'd say easily fifty. Mm-hmm. Now I'm gonna we can skip a little bit because the next thing that happens is when she goes and does the crazy organ playing. And gets fired. 
fired Sarah for the because she was playing Crazy Train. <laughs> she's just just. <laughs> I always just imagine it as as she's in there like. By the way, Bird, it's sacrilege. You know, got a Davida. And you're supposed to be playing in the Garden of Eden. She's like, I thought it was, thought it was playing song. Or she's just playing. Listen, Miss Iron Butterfly. What is this I see before me? What would have been great is when she All was Black done. Black Sabbath. Is when she was done playing it, and the priest was like, "Ah!" Oh, if she said, "I guess you guys can't dig that yet, but your kids are gonna your love it." <laughs> Uh, and then uh, a picture of her disappears. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, this could be a crossover universe. Um, so, and then my during oh, during the crazy piano thing when she's playing the sacrilege stuff, we see the dancers again, and they're under these streamers, and they brush the streamers, but it. So they're they're dancing in a. Everyone is basically stationary and dancing in a circle. So they they're like spinning, spinning, spinning yes. like tops, right? That's the dance that they're doing. And when she has her second vision of them, they overclock the footage. They're so, ooh, dude, that shit creeps me out, it's man. Like, it's like jittery or too, too fast. Way shit, too fast. I don't fucking like it. It's man. too. It's it's almost like it's almost on the border of being too too fast. It's like right on the. It's like they overclocked about. It like makes 400%. me feel hysterical a little bit. It does. Yeah. I got so anxious watching yep. it because they're just like. I'm like, someone have a sedative. I think I need a sedative. I need a bottle of sedatives. Maybe I'll just take some morphine. I'm feeling hysterical. I'm feeling hysterical. It's amazing though. It's so scary, like. I always thought this movie was creepy, but when you can see it really clear, like yeah. in this cut that we watched, dude, it's it's ups, it's kind of upsetting. So she's obviously horrified because she's having all these visions. <gasps> she walks out outside, and Jimmy the creep is there. This is prearranged. Be, what you got? Go. No, everything for later. Okay, so I just they made a connection. Sorry, Jimmy the creep is like, let me give you a ride home, so you don't have to ride home alone. And she totally uses him because she's a badass. She's amazing. She's like, yeah, you know what? I don't want to go home alone. How about you drive me home? So they agree to. She agrees to like go out to a, a rest. She's that fucking freaked out. She's like, I'll go home with all Jimmy out with the you. Creep. <laughs> One of my favorite lines comes up here. Which the one? favorite as in the worst line ever? Uh, I have a the line dude, from this too. The dude that's giving Jimmy well, some where shit. Where are they? They're in the in no. The I'm telling for the for the listener. So Jimmy doesn't take her to like a restaurant. No, they go to like a, a fucking greasy diner dive bar. Yeah, and, and they're drinking Bud Heavies and some sort of clear liquid. J- some Jimmy's something. Jimmy's doing. His name's not Jimmy. Mr. Linden. Mr. Lim- Linden is. And drinking, he's being real. He's drinking Bud Heavy. He's drinking Bud Heavy and a bourbon. Yep. He's drinking two back and forth, right? Yes. Or does he drink the bourbon later? He drinks a bourbon later. Yeah. Okay. But he's not getting any. And no, she's traction. She's completely like she's kind of, but he's shell shocked, and he yeah, and he's being extra creepy now, and an ultra asshole, and an too. ultra asshole. So he gets up from the table mm-hmm. to go hang with one of his little buds that he knows, and um, well, I'm sorry, I have I I have it in my head. I can do the dialogue. Oh, for you why can he gets about up. the okay? Go for it because he's like, don't you drink? And she goes, not really, no. And he he pours himself more beer and he goes not only do i drink really i really drink 
what, don't you like music? You don't dance? And she goes, no, I, I liked that song quite a lot. I'd like to dance. He goes, yeah, you liked it so much. How about I go play it for you again? And he gets up goes and goes up over to the jukebox, the jukebox. Where his buddy's hanging out. A dude peels off the bar and comes over, but mm-hmm. he doesn't want to talk to this dude. No. So now, sorry, I wanted to get this set up because yep. that's my favorite Fair enough, line no, I there. dig it. So so greasy guy number two that knows. Greasier. <laughs> greasier dude. He's like, hey, who's this? Who's this gal you hanging out with? She's not the kind of pig you usually drag around. Oh, God. I was like, that is that is gross. Isn't it? <laughs> so sh- oh, gross. It's so fucked. It's not <laughs> the kind. What are you looking at? There's an ant on my okay. wall. Not the kind of pig you usually drag around. I know, dude. It's repulsive. So now any sort of thought that we have about Jim Bob being a nice guy, it's like, nope, you just, you just completely uh, wrong. 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 So these guys are uh, the definition of shit is what I have written down. My note is Mr. Linden is half the horror of this movie. Yep. I'm going to kill that ant. You talk. You hit, hit a note or two. It's bugging me. Um. So they're going out for a couple of Bud Heavies and some rug cutting. But how could she possibly even as traumatized as she is? She seems like she's kind of enjoying his company when he gets back to the table. She, or is I, she like, do you think she's like playing off some sort of like, I have to play nice? I think she desperately does not want to be alone and is realizing that she's pissing him off. Right. Th- you know what she's doing? This is really horrible. So 2019 terms, what she's doing is she would rather be with an abusive guy than afraid and alone. Yeah. So she's. He's been he's straight up abusive this whole time. He's like, that's it's not poison that that costs good money. Now drink it down. Like he's that's how he's talking to her. And she goes, I don't want to be alone tonight. I want to be with you. And he goes, you want to be with me or just anybody? And she goes, I want to be with you. And then he goes, well, uh, well, okay then. And he grabs her hand and she's like, you can see her skin crawl. And he's like, why don't we get out of here? You know, your room's only a couple of feet away from mine, so. There's no way you're going to be too far from yeah, me. No, I did find my note here. So she's so terrified to be alone, she'll take the company of a rapist. Yeah, 100%. That's that's how this scene plays. Yeah. Is she's like, I would rather be with you than alone, even though you are probably as dangerous as the things I'm afraid mm-hmm. of. It's, fu- it's really screwy. It's a really uncomfortable, unsettling scene. I think that, that, that this is... Part of also part of where this movie is not uh, uh, like a straight horror movie. We're not watching House on Haunted Hill with no. the ghost and the murder. This is psychological horror. Mr. Linden is scary because L- Mr. Linden is a dr- is a drunk man who is physically stronger than her, who wants to have sex with her, doesn't respect her, and she's stuck in rooms with him constantly. Oh, every time they're every time they interact, she's stuck in a room with him. Yeah. Yeah, they're never uh, like out free except for when he picks her up from the church and they immediately go to like a small room. Well, then you're in a car. Oh my god. And then you're in a small room. Well, when they get home and she goes into the into the room, she's like, "Okay, I'm going to say goodnight." And he's like, "What? You're going to just dump me at your doorstep?" And he gets mad and she goes, "I uh, come on in." Like, dude, it's really horrible. And the the horror he never hits her. He doesn't Sexually assault her I mean there's a, like a moment Where he like grabs her For a kiss And she like, tears herself Away to go it's over to the It's all we understand His intention Yeah it's we know what her, makes it Yeah It's just his But he never does anything Mm-mm, No It's Danielle Did did Danielle watch nope. this She could've 
There's, she would she would have been carling me the whole time anytime Jimmy's on the screen though. But he doesn't. But he doesn't. He doesn't do anything. It's all psychological horror. It's all yeah. the potential for what Jimmy or not Jimmy, what Mr. Linden might do. Right. Why do I keep saying Jimmy? This because week? you were, we were calling him Jimmy. The oh, Creeper. that's right. That's I was right. calling him Jimmy the Alcoholic, and you called him Jack the Creep. That's Jack but the it, Creeper. Yeah, Jack the Creeper. So, but yeah, like anytime Mr. Linden is there, we know he's a predator, and that he, she is his. The potential prey. for for harm is there. Right. Right. But it never resolves. No. And that's that builds this. And that's the best part about that horrible tension. It's a balloon that never pops. So she like goes over to the bureau and she we see arms go around her shoulder. And when she looks in the mirror, the ghoul is embracing her and she screams and turns and no one is near her at all. Not even him. Nope. Mr. Linden's then he's across like, the there's room. something wrong with you. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. You got you got your own problems. He's like, what? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Yeah, that's the last thing I need is a crazy is a some crazy broad being all crazy. I'm leaving. And he, then he goes to have some bologna and string cheese or whatever the fuck he does. Like, yeah, you know, dr- drink himself stupid and stare. You know as disgusting and fucking horrible as he is, he never does anything to her. He, I would say, but I mean, he does mentally. I would say the the worst thing you could you could attribute to him is harassment, right? Like, which is still bad. He won't, yeah, definitely. But like, he you're won't, making somebody not look. This is measuring flicks. We have watched some shit, right? I would say, I would say, Mr. Linden in my book, as far as like legality goes, yeah, he's a piece of shit. But dude, I've seen four I spit on your grave movies. Fair enough. Mr. Linden gets a pass legally. He's not getting his wiener split and hey. No. no. He's horrible and I hate yeah. him, but that's part of what makes him so scary is it's never resolved. If Mr. Linden had like hit her and then started sexually assaulting her, you know, I don't I'm not saying I want that. I'm saying if he had done that in this movie, the tension of their relationship Air quotes relationship Resolve, it, right. it resolves It's like okay He's a monster He's doing this He's the bad guy She's got to escape I know these roles mm-hmm. But when it's just This ominous Black balloon Filled with something bad That you don't know What it's gonna be And then it never Becomes never anything Never pops that tension never g- goes away from you. It stays in your spine. Yep. It's horrible. I, I just reached back yeah, to my like, stays right between <laughs> your shoulder blades, man. Yeah, Mr. Linden is extremely effective as a as a device of horror. Totally. Um, so she decides to leave town. Stuff's been getting kind of yeah. squirrely. I love this line when Ajax and the minister are talking. The minister who just recently fired her. No, it's not the no, minister. No, it's, it's the doctor. It's Dr. Gaslight. Do- Dr. Not Quite Gaslight. Dr. Samuels is his name. Yes. So Dr. Samuels shows up and he's like, what do you mean? I'm not here. I'm not really here. And then he gaslit. No, I'm kidding. Right, right. But he shows up and he's talking to Ajax. And Ajax is like, she's decided to leave town. And um, she got fired earlier today. Yeah, she she was fired and she's she decided. Was I guess Ozzy Osbourne in the church. <laughs> she kept playing Sabbath records <laughs> on organ. So um, the doctor asks Ajax. She goes, "What's she been up to?" And Ajax looks up at him and goes, "Only the devil knows that." I love that line. And there's another great bit of writing right after it when she goes, "I guess she's leaving town." And the doctor er, and um, uh, Ajax goes, "I hope she does leave." And the doctor goes, "I hope she can." Those are both those are both double meaning bits of dialogue. And they're cluing us in again. Only the devil knows what she's been up to because she's dead. Because she's not a living she's person. She's not a living person. And also, I hope she does leave. I hope she can. Will he means what he probably means on the surface is I hope she can get over her right, whatever can, mental right, trauma exactly. and can move on past this. But will the, the carnival physically yeah, let her exactly. leave town? It's so good, man. It's so good. The answer um, is yeah. 
She gets out of town. She yeah, sorta. Kinda. All the way to the carnival. All the way to the carnival. Uh so she's she's in in Waterworld again, right? So she's being tuned out. Well, yeah, she goes. She, she, she hears a rattle in the car, goes to the mechanic. The mechanic's like, "It's your transmission." And then she goes, <laughs> "Let me put it up on the lift for you." Well, she goes, "Will this take long?" He goes, oh, "I got to take a look." If it's the transmission, you're gonna be there for a full day. Maybe get a hotel. Two. Yep. Does he have any other cars? Like seriously, but no, it's like quick enough to get her on the lift. Now I have to get out of the car. No, I'll just lift you up there. Yeah, I'm gonna put you on the lift. We're gonna just swap this tranny. Shouldn't be more than right. 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> this is before liability was an issue. <laughs> Movie apparently, ma- yeah, leaves her in the car on the lift. Yeah. Well, later when she comes out, we okay. Spoilers. We find out this is a dream. She's having a dream phase now. This is a, yeah. She's phased out, but she's kind of dreaming. But is she dreaming? Is that just how she comes back to conscious? Right. It's very. Scrolling. My favorite bit of this is the bus station, because the one thing that she does hear when she's in the bus station is the announcer says eastbound bus, gate nine now leaving. Yeah. So. You you travel west to like going west, young man, is a thing. So it's the eastbound bus, and it's gate nine, the ninth gate. Oh my god, the ninth gate. Yeah, dude. <gasps> Great movie, by the way. Yeah. You ever seen the ninth gate with Johnny Depp? Yeah. It's a Roman Polanski film, and I know some people don't watch Roman Whatever. Polanski anymore. But yeah, Whatever. ninth gate's great, and yeah, yeah. they're more occult shit yeah. tied into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my favorite part of this particular phase out is when she gets to the train station and the gates are closed and locked. She shakes them and then she stops shaking the gate and leans because we can't see her. She's obscured by like a piece oh, of right, steel. Yes. She leans around that piece of steel and looks almost directly at the camera and says, you can hear me. And then continues to be in silent world. I think she's talking directly to us. To us. Yeah. Dude, it's so when I I and again, I, that's why I dude, that's part of why I love this show. Never noticed that before. Right. I always was just like, ah, uh, she must must have been a goof or something, but no, like this movie doesn't really have goofs in it. Uh, there's just a couple weird foley things. There's a, and a weird, couple some weird audio crap, yeah, but that's her, it. Her shoes, the uh, foley my, on her my shoes are kind of guy goof. handling uh, the foley guy's having a hell of a time with her shoes. Dude, her the foley guy on her <laughs> shoes is like <laughs> Yeah. It's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're wa- and she's like running steadily the whole time. You're like, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't maybe give the Foley another pass on the shoes there. <laughs> <laughs> they they gave him the wrong print to go off of it's a basketball game. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even Foley, it's just audio from a basketball game. <laughs> Squeaky shoes. <laughs> I'd watch that again. I'd watch this I'd watch movie. That. I'd <laughs> I might like it more honestly. Re Foley with the Harlem Globetrotters squeaky uh, shoes. Are you piecing out? All right, we're back. So the the next thing that happens, she gets out of town, kinda. Sort of. So there's a there's a shot, and this is my favorite shot in the whole movie, and I'd never appreciated it until I saw a pristine transfer of the film. It's when she's out at the carnival. She's already gone through the funhousey shit, and she's walking out to look out over the the big great salt. It looks like salt flats, is what it looks like. Really does. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Mountains in the distance. So we're shooting. (laughs) We're inside a black building that is like the the um, not the egg the exit the door or whatever is an open strip with columns. Okay, and we're shooting this wide shot in a pitch black room. As she walks, anybody who's ever seen The Searchers, mm-hmm. there's a shot, 
Uh, we talk about it all the time. Quentin Tarantino flipped it and reversed it for Kill Bill Volume 2, I think. It's a shot where a woman comes over. She's in an, a pitch black cabin and she comes over and leans against the doorway. And the splash and it's of in light. Perfect yeah. silhouette. And the, basically, the effect is is it cut. There's no image on the screen except for this little bit of light in the middle. And that's like this bright world outside. And that, that's mm-hmm. how we show John Wayne is coming from a from a vastness that we don't comprehend the rest of the world. Right. Mary's walking out of the carnival, out towards the salt flats. And this shot is framed in such a way that you only have an image. I, I, measure, I paused it and measured it out. There's only image on one quarter of, a, of your screen. Wow. That means three-fourths of your screen is pitch black. And all of that light is this compressed line that goes from the left edge of your screen to the That's right edge so of your screen. Incredible. It's a, it, the, the effect is weight. There's so much crushing, claustrophobic mm. weight because you're, there's nothing. There's, you, your eyes can't look at anything. There's no, barely just... like a sliver of light. It's so, so beautiful. And beyond it, vast open space. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And this movie was critically panned when That's it first insane, came out. Uh, it was a total flop. It ran for about a week. This is like behind the scenes shit. It became a cult hit because they started showing it at, on like late night television as like the scary movie of Saturday night. Right. It's yeah. Carnival yeah. of Souls. And then drive-ins people, and shit. People yeah. started catching catching wind of it and being like, whoa, have you seen Carnival of Souls? It's pretty, it's pretty cool. Pretty rowdy, man. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to skip that note because it's not that important. But so she, there's a moment where she's like tripping out, like really freaking out. Uh, she, basically, once she gets up to the carnival, she starts seeing all these ghouls come out of the water. She's chasing her. She sees the oh, dancer. Dancing, yeah. She go. She is becomes a dancer at, at the last dance. She oh, is, she a, is dancer. a dancer. <sighs> it's so scary, man. It's so fucking because great. The, when we first see her, she's at. We see her physically at the dance, but she's outside it. She's like on the fringes watching. And then we cut to like we cut in and out of the dance, and we like get close on the people whirling. We get um, POV as though we were the dancing partner of some of them. Yes. And we see like the man, the ghoul, the ghoul, like staring at us, like with his weird oh grin. God. But there's a moment where she's really freaking out. And again, this transfer is amazing. There's a I don't know how they did it because there's no light. They're not like shining lights in her eyes or anything. But there's a moment where she's tripping out like having this weird hallucination and her pupils change size her pupils literally like dilate and then pin and there's no light on her face that's just like a straight autonomic response that i'm nope can't do it here there there's yeah it's like i do it it's like if well your your pupils do pin when you have a rush of adrenaline so like when you're terrified your pupils well yeah your body is trying to get all focused maybe she went there and her pupils pinned out it's t- it's awesome it's like when uh, remember we were talking about best eye acting from season one yes. hunger when michael fassbender manages to dilate <laughs> he, his pupils he actually died for 30 yeah, seconds when michael yeah. fassbender just let himself die on camera to Fuck. get the pupil effect it was like that but in 1962 in black and white i was like oh, amazing um okay there's one of the scariest shots in- now this is more traditionally scary She's running under the boardwalk, under the pier, and there's all those pillars. Mm-hmm. All the people popping up. People just... Jack, every, jack in the box is everywhere, man. Every single pier pillar 
has a ghoul pop out from behind it as she's running she's running towards us and they just pour it, behind it, her it it toes not toes the line it's it skates just next to being goofy but it's but not doesn't it's it's like 28 days later yeah when like you think that there couldn't possibly be more zombies like popping up from behind cars or crawling they out of windows but there always are there's literally all of them left to, yeah. to, to come. It's so, dude, it's so scary. So she, and she runs out of the carnival into the desert and you almost expect them to stop at the border of the carnival. No, they don't. They, they just keep going. keep going. And there's a, there's an amazing moment to me because it's the moment she finally gives up because she's sprinting toward the desert. She looks back and sees this horde chasing her. And you could say like, oh, she trips and falls, but that's not how I read it. She looks back and sees that Gives the horde up. is not stopping. She looks forward and sees nothing but endless desert. And she's Where like, are you going? How, yeah. Yep. What, are you going to run? You're you, done. You're going to run 100 miles? I think part of her, I think deep down inside somewhere she had to know. Yeah, I agree. You know? And then she falls on the ground and the ghouls all swarm over and we get the cool worm's eye view of all the hands coming Ooh. down and then we fade to black and then some dumb stuff happens. Like, like a sheriff like, oh, her, her feet. I like this though because her feet, only her footprints, not the ghouls. Yeah, that was actually cool. So she okay, had footprints okay. and then they, they just I didn't end. notice that. They I end. didn't notice that it's just her footprints. Yeah. That is super cool. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, they and end. And then they, they, they go away. At a There's, big like thing on the there's a you can like see where she fell but, but then, there's, then there's, nothing there's nothing else and they're like do you what did you think of that weird moment between the doctor and the minister there was a bit of it's like si- science and religion and neither of them have an explanation no there's, there's zero a, it's a cool little yeah, i dig that total no lines either it's just them one uh, the scientist looks at the minister the minister won't meet his gaze and then they look off into it's the like distance neither of them have an answer the man of science but and then the man of god finally get one it's so i like the end i do too i, I like it. the twist yep so they uh some fishermen accidentally snag oh, the car found it. so they drag it out ding, 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 and then it's up on the shore and, and they're all looking all the kids are still in all the three car. of them they're they i know why they had to do it i don't know why they did it but they're the weird jump cut at the end is kind of strange oh right so they shoot into the oh, car i have a note about that too yeah. mary mary is lean mary is the furthest teen from us yep, she's, she's leaning against the thing and she's just dead and then there's like a cut to a slightly different angle and mary's face is cheated out towards us so her head turns so we can see it's mary yes. i know why you did it it doesn't really bother me but i do want to just point so out the dumb people in the back go oh it's mary okay, right exactly yeah. in case you didn't catch on right. look how many teenagers was there one two three that one looks kind of like mary oh that's mary's face they, <laughs> right. they do they, they cheated to, out yeah. yeah so but dude that's a great twist turn it's like i dig it we we brought up the machinist and Bradbury and like it's so so delicious and it has that all over it and you can see where all these greats got their inspiration, inspiration. from do you want to do three bits of trivia hit do the it. patrons and go out yep this is Herc, Herc Harvey's only film his crew was five people plus him the whole film Jesus five people plus him in Mary's altered mental states, you, I mean, you read the IMDb trivia too, mm-hmm. right? In Mary's altered mental states, the picture has a faint cyan tint. I didn't pick it up, but... I saw it a little bit on the Criterion, but I also did have my television calibrated. You're tuned, yeah. So I'm tuned in, yeah. But it's, dude, it's barely there. It's like, Crazy. how much do we put on? 1%. It's, Fuck. But it's so subtle. But it's there. You get the wobbly, yeah. and then if, you're, if, you, if you've read the thing, you can kind of see it. Um... 
and then that's that's actually all the behind the scenes awesome. shit I had. Except for the uh, when they shot in the department store, they didn't have a permit. Her Carvey gave the salesperson twenty bucks and said, "Just pretend you know." That is awesome. Pretend you can't see the cameras. <laughs> awesome. Carnival of Souls, uh, ten out of there ten. It is. Love Highly it. recommend yep. it. So let's take. Can't a moment. wait till October and watch it again. <laughs> for the show yep. we'll just do it like all that whole month we'll do our, our uh, Andre Rublev yes. episode just Carnival of Souls so uh, this show is listener supported if you like what you just listened to uh, head on over to patreon.com slash quillandfilm q-u-i-l-l-a-n-d-f-i-l-m you can get full length bonus episodes mm-hmm. I think there's like 60 of them or 50 of them yeah, we got a fuck house full of them we got right a now. lot it's like 50,000 episodes yes. you can go listen to uh, you can also get shout outs on the show uh, shout outs for amazing patrons such as as John Shibe over in New York City. Thank you so much for your patronage, Monsieur. We I would also- like to thank the wonderful and talented Connor Sweeney. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, we'd like to thank Casey Shibe, uh, John's wife, and uh, glitter. she's the founder of the Glitter Nation, apparently. They have a podcast, Some of Us. Which uh, yes. Is Give them a listen. Cool. Definitely. I'd like to thank the beautiful Danielle Pelshaw. Uh, only a couple months left, and we'll be thanking Danielle Hartley, so... I know. I'm getting really excited yeah, for it, man. Uh, thank you to Katie Clark. Also, thank you to Kelly and Mike Wagner. Thank you, David Rowney. I'd like to thank Brian Jackson. And finally, we would like to thank William Rockwood. You guys, keep the lights on, keep the celluloid spinning, and uh, apparently give me and Carl nightmares, because yes. you're, you're enabling us to watch very thank scary Thank you for movies. Carnival of Souls, guys. We really appreciate it. If you want to drop us a line, it's at measuringflixpodcast at gmail.com. Next week, we're going back into Vincent Price Land. Back into Price Land. I'm super stoked. You the guys, price is always right, baby. <laughs> you guys are going to love it, so pour yourselves a shallow cup of coffee, and stay tuned <laughs> for The Last Man on Earth.